All right, here we go. Thanks for coming back for another episode of the BMX in Our Blood. This one's with Allie Wolf, episode 143. Pretty cool. I especially loved it because of her confidence and just making things happen so that she can venture wherever she wants to take herself and still be able to support herself with a remote job. Ellie mentioned to me over the weekend that the Oviedo Freestyle Contest is was postponed to the weekend of April 15th. So if you can make it, definitely head down. Other than that, just want to remind everyone of the Road to Recovery Jam on July 16th. It's getting better and better. There's a certain person that I won't name until he has his plan in order, but he's working on an open loop for this year. And Kyle Erickson, who I'm sharing the responsibility with for the jam this year, is building another feature that involves balance. Other than that, we'll still have all the other crazy events like pit, like pit bike racing, side hack racing, manual contest, long jump, and of course, trails. Three levels of trails along with the pump track in addition to riding the track as much as you want to. So looking forward to July 16th and making a difference and raising some money for Road to Recovery. Any questions, message me through Instagram, through my handle, GroundDad2000. Still looking for donations and auction items. If you have something that you think people would like, something nostalgic, maybe it's art that involves cycling in some way, any of that would be great as well. So that's about it. Enjoy the podcast with Ellie Wolf. We got this. We got this little easy. Why don't we start? We've all been talking it? for, I don't know, five hours. I know. We did this because we talked so much before. Which is so just chatting. Yeah, and, and it was after I asked you to do it. So uh, We've definitely picked each other's brains on stuff. Like, I remember oh, Ray's. Yeah? We got, like, pretty in-depth conversation there, too. So it's like, yeah, even Ray's, outside of yeah. an interview, I feel like we just yeah, talk. Yeah, definitely. So welcome Allie Wolf to the BMX in Our Blood. I'm going to hit you right off the bat with you were honored and surprised that I asked you to do this. Why? I guess I'll feed my side and I'm still right. curious to hear your side. Sure. Um, it's cool for me to see that I'm just doing my thing, like living my life and wanting to put it on a podcast. Like you asking me to do this just makes it sound like people are curious to hear my story. So that feels like a bigger deal than me just existing in the sport and living my best life with it. It's mm -hmm. like... Hey, how am I doing it? So yeah. I'm like, I don't know, the curiosity, it's cool. Curiosity is exactly the reason why we're doing it. For me, I saw enough of you um, and about you to, to know that there was something there that I, I wanted to spread the word of. So I, I want people to, to get to know you through this and hopefully maybe take some chances that they wouldn't have if they hadn't have heard your story. So that's that's one of them. I, I think the uh, the tipping point was you deciding to uh, move out and start the van life. 
there's a little guilty self self interest in that, which I told you, which is my son, you know, having doing the same thing, and I'm so proud of him because it's a, you know, he's two years younger than you, but the same responsibility, and you're both very confident about it and just making it happen. And you're just a very positive person. Who doesn't want to interview a positive person? You know, it's, it's it makes interviewing far more fun. It makes it so you can pretty much go unscripted. When it's easy, it's easy. And when it's you natural conversation, there just happens to be a phone here. <laughs> I tell you know what, I tell people that all the time. It's exactly word for word, but I tell people it's just a conversation. Yeah. And I love that it's audio because I think it gives people maybe a little more focus when they're listening. <laughs> you know, if I'm just dropping too many F-bombs accidentally, we could I, just crop that out. Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want all your young your young followers to think it's, uh, you know. I am realizing, like, I have a young following now, and I'm, like, I should be more cautious of some of the things I say. Like, I'm becoming a role model. I'm like, I have a terrible mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear like a, sway, a sailor, and I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just natural dialogue, and then I have to just pause myself. And Chase Plaza, I even asked him, I'm like, the fact that you can give so much energy into your kids' jams the same way you do for the adult weekend, and he says, oh, I just find new words, and I make up new words, so instead of using a curse word, yeah. I have that being the hype word instead, instead of, right. yeah, so like, take that in it's like a, being able to give out all that hype energy and you don't have to use profanity because in the younger generation you don't want them going around school thinking that's well, a cool thing to do it's like you're gonna get in trouble for that it doesn't even matter in real life but you know your boundaries my workspace nobody knows the way <laughs> that i speak and it's really? funny my boss totally knows that i'm doing this interview because he's a very open uh, uh -huh. encouraging guy he's so happy about my van life and, you know i was talking to him about my schedule leading into this weekend uh -huh. and i was like Man, so by the way, like, someone wants to like interview me. He's like, no way, that's so cool. And I'm like, see, now my I'm boss not the is gonna only watch, one. and I have to control my vanity for that. I'm not the only one. <laughs> see, your boss even saw it, saw it, sees it in you. You know, and and you know, maybe have that job. You have the job that you have right now because you put that out. Maybe even on the, well, yeah, most likely unknowingly because you're just being you. Yeah, reputation. I didn't go yeah. looking for the job that I have. No. No. My old coworker, um, she lined me up for it because we used to work together and she knew my skills and she reached out one day. She's like, so I was bragging to you, or I was bragging to my new boss about you and uh, yeah, really? he wanted to hire me. So yeah, that was big, big factor of what led to this opportunity moving into my van is that my yeah. boss encourages it. So uh -huh. I'm the only one within our company that is actually doing van life, but he thinks it's a really cool thing so yeah. you know I'm the first guinea pig making sure it uh, works out but hot spot park up anywhere and get it done yeah so uh, all right here goes digression number one you were injured a while ago when I had asked for questions for Scotty Kramer's interview you had sent a question in for me to ask and did ask the question exactly how you worded it but he had remembered meeting you I believe is the injury something you want to talk about? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of the things that led me to where I am today. So it is really the, I don't know if it's the biggest factor to my story, but it's a huge factor. It lined things up where yeah. I had one mindset and the injury gave me a whole new perspective on life. 
um, what I'm doing led me to my remote work. If it weren't for that injury, I didn't know remote work was an option. I never even considered it. Just I was just getting started into finding a career level job at the time that I broke my back. Um, so I guess, yeah, giving the backstory to what the injury was and why it related to Scotty is that, I guess, unrelated to Scotty, like where it started was Ohio Dreams. Ohio Dreams behind my story as well is another huge factor where it just started this path. Like when I was 18, I reached out. I was at one of my local state races back when I was racing BMX. And I remember uh, the Ohio Dreams tent was set up. Justin Travis was in there. I knew the face. I didn't know him back then yet. And I walk up to him and I said, hey, are you guys hiring for the summer? And he's just like, well, we kind of cut off hiring, but what do you do? And I was like, oh, I race. I was seeing if you guys needed any help with, you know, the coaching or anything there. I just thought it would be really cool to experience Ohio Dreams now that I was 18 and I could go as a worker because I, I don't know. I mean, I started working at a young age. I didn't even know the cost of that stuff. Like, I never went to any of those summer camps like Woodward, Ohio Dreams. I never went as a camper. But I got to experience it all once I became an adult. So Ohio Dreams started with reaching out to see if I could be staff. And once I told Justin that I was racing since I was four years old, he was like, oh, yeah, let's bring you in here. Four? Absolutely. Yeah. So my parents got me on a bike. Um, I'm the youngest. So when my brother and sister got into racing, I was just, I was two years old. And mm -hmm. I was the little sister that just wanted to chase the big siblings and wow. figure it out and do what they were doing, I guess. I don't even know. It was so long ago. Oh, <laughs> you know, so much of that story and getting into racing is based on like what my family has told me what my perspective was is apparently I started begging for a bike and I got my first bike for my third birthday and I still have like a picture of myself where I am just stoked <laughs> like I need to find uh -huh. that picture because it shows like how happy I was to have gotten a bike for my birthday and yeah. my parents tell me like I was off training wheels immediately I'm sure my siblings helped me I I know Chelsea has a story of running into her Jeep that she has to this day. When she learned how to ride a bike, she ran straight into her Jeep. That was my dad's Jeep at the time. So, Ohio Dreams, you had all this experience, so they eventually hired you because I want to finish the injury part. I can derail any story. <laughs> well, so can I. So this is the problem. So <laughs> I just, I went into the funny part of the story where, yeah, Justin realizing how long I'd been racing. Like I was by no means like top rider mm -hmm. for the Florida series. Like I was always battling with the top spot. Florida's hard. Yeah. No matter what age you are. <laughs> I was a decent racer. I wasn't wonderful, but I was, I loved yeah. riding my bike. That's uh -huh. all that I saw. Yeah. It was just fun for me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know but yeah just to get back on yeah, where we yeah, started yeah. with the injury why Ohio Dreams comes into the biggest factor of it is mm -hmm. that I got out there my first time at 18 mm -hmm. um, I got to go out for Florida week help out as like one of the like helping with the race instructors so I was just like mm -hmm. I don't remember what title they gave it but yeah. either way I was right there like with the race instructors for that right. one one week so I didn't have yeah. to know the full format but I was there just like helping out I yeah. loved it and I was like, I want to do this again next year. Yeah. So this time I was like, I want to come back all summer. And they normally don't let people ride in staff. For the week. next summer. This was the next summer. This is a year ago. Um, I'm ready for just this amazing summer ahead of me at Ohio yeah. Dreams. Uh -huh. And I flew in on Wednesday. And on Friday night, 
they're like, man, you guys have been like doing great. You're killing it. Like everything's really good to go for when the campers get here next week. So everyone go have fun. Like they opened up the slip and flip and they opened up the dirt jumps, but nothing else was like up and running and like rideable yet. And it was like 60 degrees. And I'm like, you think I'm going to go in the water? I guess I'm going to ride my bike. So it wasn't like, I guess I'm going to ride my bike, but it was that I wasn't a trail rider. I was still like heavy into racing at that time. I was very fresh into dabbling what freestyle was. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, but I was no good at it yet. Ohio Dreams, when I got to go there and ride dirt jumps that night, it was the next time riding dirt jumps on that specific bike. On my park bike, it was my first time touching that bike again since uh-huh. earlier that year. I got a pretty decent concussion at Santos. Yeah. I was trying to dump, jump the dirt jumps there. Ray, who right. built Ray's mountain bike yeah. park, he actually used to come down and build a lot of the uh-huh. uh, a lot of the different obstacles at Santos. So you may have heard mm-hmm. of the Vortex. It's a very big mountain bike park, but it has dirt jumps and it has some wooden obstacles. Uh-huh. And I was playing all day on the wooden obstacles and it was a lot of fun. And I wanted to step it up to the dirt jumps. And I had watched a lot of freestyle riding uh, just Chelsea putting on different edits and getting sure. to like see that my favorite type of riding is definitely just floating through the air. Like watching people right. do this, I'm like, yeah. that looks amazing. I want to do that. So uh-huh. I knew it was what I wanted to do, yeah. but I had never, I've jumped at Grapefruit Trail. So I've done gaps before. That's what uh-huh. it was back then is I was jumping a little bit, but I was very fresh out of racing and I was never a big jumper with racing yeah. at all. Didn't jump at all. So when I started getting into like riding my park bike, I got to go to Ray's mountain bike park, got to jump the whole like profile room there on the big side. So that gave me the confidence with thinking I was like a decent jumper back. I had it, but to learn the difference of what jumping a table versus Mm -hmm. jumping a gap, give me a table and like, sure, I can like warm up to it. But the mental commitment that it takes to do dirt jumps, I didn't know that yet. I was still learning like how terrifying that was. Mm -hmm. It gives me the most amount of adrenaline, gives me like the most feeling of fulfillment Mm -hmm. in my riding. Like now to this day, it is very funny that like my favorite style of riding is what almost took it from me. Back then I wanted dirt jumps and Mm -hmm. that's how I ended up breaking my back. Yeah, yeah, the only reason like Santos comes into that story is because I was there in March and I was trying to do these dirt jumps knocked myself out I got over the jump nobody else knows what happened because I was wanting it all day and I was like no I don't want video because that's gonna put way more pressure on me I don't want video of this right now so people were watching but I didn't get it on video people didn't see from the landing of the jump so they said I got over the jump I don't know what happened I may have washed out to this day I have no idea a lot of that day is still wiped from me So Ohio Dreams comes up being the next time that that bike is touching dirt, I panicked. I was working myself through the line, good and slow, one jump at a time, easing into it. And I got to one that was just not even a proper gap, but very lippy. Mm -hmm. And the next one after it was such a small gap. Now that I'm like, like seeing what it was and what I can do now, I'm like, ridiculous. For a long time, I had to face that, that insecurity of feeling like ashamed on what took me out and I'm like look at when it's the craziest scenario where it's the simplest thing you can be the best rider and the Mm -hmm. smallest thing is going to take you out so I even had to battle that of actually feeling ashamed for what hurt me so bad 
was just bailing out of a dirt jump that wasn't even that scary of a dirt jump. But everybody goes through it. And that's what I had to remind myself of and really learn more than anything. It wasn't a reminder. It was learning that everyone goes through a fluke situation where you can't predict everything. That's why, you know, prayer for the worst. Always wear a helmet. Like, you don't know when your noggin's going to hit the ground, but I'm going to do the best to at least keep that most important part safe. So throwing the question out to Scotty was because of that. That back injury, I don't know the letters and numbers, but um, was it lower back, mid-back? Mid. Mid? Yeah. So it was a burst fracture to my T9 vertebrae, and then I also fractured my T10. So it was the two segments, but the burst fracture was actually pressed against my spinal cord. And so they had to go in for an emergency next day surgery. Mm -hmm. And I remember laying in the hospital and asking them, I was like, so you guys have been like really surprised that I can even feel my feet. Um, I'm going into surgery right now. What are the odds that I'll still get to feel my feet when I come out? Like I asked them, I said, you guys are really like throwing it out there that I should be paralyzed. And I was like, what are my expectations right now? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's, it's at high risk, but we're going to do our best. And I'm like, whoa. And it was just immediately my mind went to Scotty Kramer. It went to, I'm going to have a brain fart on every other name of who I follow right now. But Scotty was the only like main BMXer, mm-hmm. but uh, Bruce Cook with FMX, um, Aaron Martin. Wheels. Oh, like sure. there's so many, yeah. well, either way, just no matter what it is, like whether they've recovered from an injury or that they are adapting. Yeah. So adaptive sports and right. seeing that even if I come out of this surgery paralyzed, I don't have to give up on my action sports life mm-hmm. because I've always just been a like high energy, run around, do everything. Like I'm an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, this you is. You're already thinking that no matter what happens, you'll still mm-hmm. have you. You could do what these mm-hmm. other guys have done. Yeah. And women, I'm sure. Yeah, Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay Runks. I yeah, I reached out to her afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know your situation isn't easy. But seeing what you were able to do, yeah, it made a world of a difference for me when I was in the hospital thinking I could possibly, like I had a very high risk coming out paralyzed and I knew that I was still going to live a life after. You know, there's such a negative connotation on your life is over once you're paralyzed. It's like you, it's not easy. What these people are doing is so admirable. I mean, to have the strength to get through that, it's not easy but it's possible. So to see that willpower that everyone else has and see that you can adapt your equipment to work Mm -hmm. for you. It's not just about still being able to take care of yourself for the day by day life, but to still enjoy your life. There was an event at Trumbull that I wish I could have made it to. And they flew out Chelsea for it. I should know more about it. Cause my Nana went out, my 89 year old Nana got to ride an adaptive bike where she was like, she okay. was on a trike and actually yeah. got to get pulled down the racetrack. So my yeah. Nana at 89, who always was terrified of watching us, she wouldn't go to the track because she didn't want to see yeah. us get hurt. Right. And she went out and she like tried it with yeah. Chelsea and it was amazing and it looked like such a good time. Cool to see that they're even putting that out there, bringing people out to mm-hmm. say, let's make this sport yeah. inclusive for yeah. everyone. Yeah. So back to you know it being about the injury was that seeing scotty's recovery i didn't know who scotty was before his injury because i grew 
I lived under a rock when I was racing. I didn't even know who the big pros were. I knew the, like the local Florida people. Yeah. Um, any legends of BMX, I'm like, for the respect, I do want to learn about that. I want to sure. know where it all comes from. But growing up, I just loved riding my bike with my friends. Awesome. I didn't follow stuff. Like, yeah. I think Chelsea would kind of like be the one following everything. So being a little sister, I'm like, oh, I can't go and like take her magazines. Like yeah. that would not, you know, right. not to like put it on her. <laughs> but, but you were pulling from what she was already had pulled from herself. I was just, we just grew up racing and we did our own thing. When I was recovering from my injury is when I started actually like trying to follow stuff yeah. and see where it came from. So okay. yeah, I was just yeah. full blown racer got interested in freestyle probably when I was about so Chelsea won a Sabrosa in a raffle oh, okay. and she gifted that Sabrosa to my mom it was a complete so this was like back when she was she was already getting heavy into freestyle and like uh -huh. becoming who she is now yeah. so when Sabrosa saw she won the raffle they even reached out and was like hey, we know you don't need a complete, like, do you want to swap this out for something else? At least that's what, like, I remember her telling yeah, us yeah, about yeah. the story. Right. And she was like, no, because I could totally give this to my mom. Because my mom, like, our mom raced with us. So she did mountain biking. She raced. She really? still rides motorcycles all the time. She That's part of the band story. We'll go into that later. I'm not wow. going to derail that one. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, so Chelsea and I, we totally just, our mom's total adrenaline junkie. And yeah. so that's what started me having the opportunity to ride freestyle uh -huh. is taking my mom's bike so my mom was like anytime she she i don't think she ever really rode it that much so yeah i don't know i just take it go out to the park when chelsea was in town chelsea was living away from home at this time because she was in college uh -huh. so she would come back down for whatever occasions and that's when chelsea and i began to have our relationship is because she would take me out to the skate park oh, okay. so yeah, our childhood is funny to look back on, and it's like we became close probably when I was like 15, 16 because of our bikes. Because like growing up, she's probably about, she's about four and a half years older than me, so I was always just a little sister. Yeah. And it wasn't until like we both got older and mature enough to just see, hey, cool, we both have like these cool things in common yeah. and she encouraged me getting into freestyle uh -huh. but then when she would leave town and I would go to the skate park like it wasn't my space yet I wasn't comfortable there I right. was the only girl I stuck out like a sore thumb like it just wasn't yeah. a comfortable atmosphere yet um, I had a group of friends and then yeah. it was just like ah oh, this is just a drama circle I want to go back racing where I have girlfriends there so like racing BMX there are a lot of girls there yeah. So you could just exist. The freestyle right. world, it was hard to just exist. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be one of the homies. <sighs> I don't know. Being a female comes into the factor. It's like, come on, guys. I'm going to just ride my bike. Like, I'm not trying to, like... So yeah, that I, one's, like, yeah. always the hard one to navigate. Like, even now, we all exist here. Like, this is our sports yeah. athletes. What are options? There's stuff. always a loophole. <laughs> what the hell's up with your brain? How many people are that positive going into <laughs> surgery? <laughs> And now we're back to, once again, why I wanted to interview you. This is it. I'm not surprised, because I just think this is part of your makeup. But, yeah, to have you going, go into surgery still thinking, well, if it goes this way, I I'm good. I remember it vividly. If it goes that way, <laughs> I'm good. If yeah, you're already know. in a hard place, yeah. don't make it harder by being harder on mm -hmm. the outcome. And that's a hard one to learn. It is. 
But yeah. once you realize your feelings going into it mm-hmm. affects the outcome. Right. So I really got to experience that through my whole recovery. There were a lot of down times and I'm like, but I'm getting through it. Like it's going to yeah. get better. Yeah. So that's where Scotty came in as a big factor is that while I'm in the hospital bed, I'm like seeing where he's already at in his recovery because the timeline of it is that he was injured October 2016 like I was just having a conversation with someone about this so that's why I remember the dates is I'm 99% sure that he was October 2016 and that's when everything came out on social media of oh my god Scotty Kramer and I'm like I don't know who this person is but holy wow look at this story and I just was following his story and that's when I actually started knowing who he was is sure. seeing the encouragement that he's putting out there and what he's getting into and like his positive energy towards it and, and I know that there's no way he wasn't behind the scenes with his hard times mm-hmm. but he didn't put the worst of that out to the world yeah he put what he's getting through and sure. that mindset and how far he's come with it mm-hmm. the mindset is what gets you there yeah. so I was already following it my injury came along June 2017. So he was still through his recovery. Yeah, that was like, yeah. just to have a, you know, have it be a BMXer. That, I didn't think I was ever even gonna meet him because he was mm-hmm. just, you know, he's all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, but that was a factor of it too, was how much like, I'm bed rest and I'm just binge watching his YouTube. Just okay. seeing everything he got through, like through yeah. my recovery at that point, like once yeah. I'm, out of the surgery and you know out of the first surgery and going through it I couldn't really do much so I was on my phone and on you know just watching videos a lot more and Mm -hmm. that's when I started following everything like he was doing and Uh yeah so then I go through then whole nother story but we'll just finish up the Scotty part sure I had to go through second surgery I'm fresh out of that one and Chelsea says to me one day I'm in a rough condition after my second surgery. And she says to me, she says, hey, so um, if there's any chance you can make it to Orlando in like two weeks, um, this is very low key because he doesn't want it to be a big, oh my God, Scotty Kramer's coming to town. She's like, don't tell anybody. This is confidential, but Scotty is coming to Sparky's. So Uh Sparky's jam in October. And I like, I'm in my back brace. I'm sitting up in a chair and I was like, like my the mm. amount of excitement was like I get right. to meet this person that is just such a big image with BMX and is so much encouragement to why I got through my injury through mm. the hardest parts of seeing like not to give him all the credit like it was definitely like my sure. my mindset going into it too but yeah. it was just such a big deal for me yeah. you know I've never like had the excitement of meeting a pro rider because I wasn't following the huge yeah, stuff yeah. they were doing right. but to follow through everything he got through and Mm -hmm. then to get to the point of everything I got through. So I got to meet him in October that year. That was a month out of my surgery, my second surgery. I remember the day that Chelsea told me I had my home PT come to my house because I wasn't even in a condition to leave my house. So he comes to the house and I said, hey, my goal is to get to Orlando in two weeks. So whatever Um, I need to do, can you help me like physically Right. figure out what I need to do to get to that place because I couldn't get out of bed by myself people had to wrap me up in my back brace and like sit me up before I can get out of bed uh-huh. so Chelsea knew when she invited me for that that like she was also taking that on but I still needed to be out and about like I couldn't be out of bed for that long at the point in time that 
she told me that news. Because at that point, I would have been, I was about two weeks out of my surgery. So my second surgery was a lot more brutal than my first one. This wasn't a short ride, especially in that condition. No, it was like two and a half hours. And I think it was in Chelsea's Jeep, too. So it was in a 93. (laughs) Couldn't have a rougher ride. It was in a 93 Wrangler. And I do know at the end of the weekend, like, I was beat. And I do remember, like, it was was rough at the end of the weekend. But so worth it because Mm -hmm. that was like my last PT session, my last physical therapy session before leaving for that trip. Sure. My doctor, he's like, so I just want you to know, you are two weeks ahead of schedule now because he's like, you told me to push you, so no I pushed way. you, and he's like, you're doing great with it. Like, uh-huh. I'll see you next week, but have a great weekend. Like, I wow. So that's what I got to tell Scotty was, hey, I was excited to meet you, so I pushed myself. Like, yeah, and I'm yeah, two weeks yeah. ahead of schedule with my physical therapy. Like, I was in no place to be traveling. <laughs> and this would have been uh, previous to to my interview with him. Yes. So by, by a little bit. that's where the question came up where you yeah. were like, any questions? And I'm like, Scotty and I talked for hours. We're at, yeah. I feel like it was hours. I don't know. Yeah. We, we can talk forever. Yeah. Cause at first I was so bashful walking up. Mm-hmm. I was like, there are so many kids bombarding him all day. And I'm like, let me right. let this calm down. He's got to be overwhelmed. And I, so oh, I didn't want to be that person adding more yeah. to the situation. Right. So I was just sitting in the background, kind of like people watching and like, oh yeah, no, he is still, there's no way. Like as a human being, how are yeah. you not overwhelmed by how many kids are just bombarding oh, you? Yeah. Now? He's such an image oh. and he, t- he handles it really well. Yeah. But yeah, so I just, I let the crowd simmer down, and later in the day, I walk up to Scotty, I'm still in my back brace at this point, and I said, I just started, like, hey, I just, I wanted wanted to say hi, and he Uh turns, and like, he looks at me, he's like, oh, wow, hi, and like, sees my whole, you know, back brace get up, and yeah, so I was just like, yeah, you know, I've just been following your story, and then he, like, was so intrigued and wanting to know, like, what happened to me and what I went through, and that's really cool, like, that means a big deal, and, um... Yeah, so we chatted for so long about just, like, what it took on, like, kind of, like, both sides and what we were going through, and your interview comes up where you posted, hey, do you have any questions for him? And I I remember, I mean, you sent it to me recently anyway, but, yeah, yeah, I I was like, I don't think I have any questions, because, like, we totally talked for so long, like, what more is there? Like, there's plenty of things to ask, but really, I just want you to put it out there during the interview to say how grateful I am for Mm -hmm. what he's doing like for anyone else going through something because putting it out there to the world is what shows other people you can get through it it gets encouragement it's inspiration Mm -hmm. so like that's what he was for me and I had plenty of other factors and like be your own inspiration and it's like my my bedroom at my parents house my brother back couple like years before I moved out he helped me build my bike rack in my room because our garage was so loaded with such mess that we didn't have good places to even keep how many bikes we had because my whole family we were riding and multiple different types of riding so yeah (laughs) so many bikes so many bikes in so many different rooms yeah Yeah. so the factor where that leads in is like during, during my recovery my bikes are just on display in my room like it was a decorative hanging yeah. shelf that yeah. I hung my bikes on. It was like, it was very nice. I really liked how my bedroom was set up. Like, you know, once I was able to yeah. rearrange it myself and through my whole recovery, I was just staring at my three bikes the whole time. My race bike, mountain bike, freestyle bike. They That's just so hung in front of me, right in front of my bed. Your brother thought of that? Um, he, it's- we talked about it. And then for Christmas one year, he gives me a box with hooks and I'm like, 
what's yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we're yeah. going to do a project. And I'm like, cool. So like his gift to me was like the hooks and the help. The and yeah. so we like built it up. We built up the shelf. He did all like the hard work behind it. And it was just like kind of getting to do it together. And like we painted it, matched the room. And the bikes were there while yeah, you were recuperating. Right? Exactly. So that's what that's okay. what the idea of it behind gotcha. it was. Bike I'm rack was stuff. already there. Yeah. So that was that was my view for recovery was my bikes constantly, which I feel like it did a big factor yeah. too. Because I easily went through the factor of oh, well, am I just doing this sport because my family got me into it? Like, mm. I had all of the positive thoughts of, I'm getting back to this one day. This sure. is my life. This is my sport. Uh-huh. And then, like, sitting with it for a long time and going uh-huh. through my recovery, the thought crossed my mind of, is this really what I want to be doing? Or am I doing this because my family has always done it and it's right. what I know? So I went through that and I really got to, like, unwrap that thought. And what came of it was me coming back to the sport more determined than mm-hmm. ever before to make sure that, like, you know, validated in my own thoughts of, no, I've always loved this sport separate from it being the family thing we did together. Yeah. It was really cool because, like, that was all that brought us really together as a family was yeah. that we all did enjoy bikes. Um, my brother stopped racing really young, but we got a little bit closer as I got older, too and we would go mountain biking together and it was a lot of fun and we were just like tear around the trails and mess around and Mm -hmm. uh we would ride like our enduros together we would go trail riding so yeah as i was like a late teenager like i got to do like a lot of like fun stuff with just even just the family which was really cool so that was all like the backstory before Mm -hmm. being injured i have always been that just weirdo in school that was obsessed with my bike I didn't care about what other people were doing with school sports and like I remember like middle school people were like oh come out to the hangout spot Friday and I'm like Friday night's track night (laughs) so you know rather than just like hanging out with friends at school I was hanging out with my friends at the track and I made friendships that will last forever Mm -hmm. my best friend she's having her little baby now she sent me a um she sent me a onesie that says auntie little auntie's little man and this is my best friend who i met because we raced together really so she dropped everything and Mm -hmm. booked a flight to ohio when i broke my back she was there by the time i was waking up from surgery she is my sister she is truly she is family so she was a huge factor in my recovery too she actually was a huge positive factor of my recovery and you know she shows up to the hospital i'm in ohio and immediately we're just cracking jokes at each other i'm like fresh out of surgery and it just brings in the energy to the room and it just like (laughs) she still has stuff she'll make fun of me for for to this day i mean how many people uh, have had to have their best friend wipe their ass? <laughs> so she holds that hey, one over me. It's real. It happens. <laughs> you know. So yeah, like she flew up right away. My family actually had to. I think there was an issue with the RV. If they couldn't even drive it up right away, the big factor was I flew to Ohio with a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, and it was uh, how am I going to get home? So that was a big factor of getting out of the hospital after my surgery is, can I get on a flight? Like, yeah. So my parents actually drove up, they drove up to Ohio from South Florida with a camper. And um, I had to lay down like the whole drive home. There was one point in the drive where I was like, oh, I want to sit up and see the pretty scenery. And I think I made it like an hour before needing to lay down again. So Uh. yeah, I mean, everyone kind of just like came together and made sure to 
take care of me and it was such a hard place for me to be because I was a very independent like kid and then growing into like being a teenager young adult I was ready to move out I was actually going to be moving out that summer with my best friend uh-huh. and she had her arrangements so luckily like my injury didn't ruin the fact that I was going to be her roommate sure. like she had other adjustments but uh-huh. I was going to be moving to Georgia yeah. and that's where she is now to this day yeah. and uh yeah then the injury came about mm-hmm. and I was like well guess I'm, I can't really move to Georgia right. in the middle of uh, recovering from a now at this point two separate spinal surgeries so did you, you had two within the first year first one went wrong oh no yeah first one I was not able to sue for medical malpractice because it was mm-hmm. more like that fine line of medical negligence yeah. he shouldn't have done the surgery he did but he at least got me off the table without paralyzing me. John Lee had a, a similar situation. FPM John Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got hurt at race. Yeah. And was he was in rough shape. He was in the hospital Where for a did while. Where he get shipped? I don't know. Cause that's Cleveland. So my surgery was in Columbus. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you're Ohio at the biggest Health. hospital. Don't go there. Right. But it is. <laughs> it was a mess. I did go there. They sent me away without a brace. Whatever it was, he should not have been seeing me. He should not have like done anything and he's like but as a human being I cannot send you away right now he's like first off where's your back brace second and just dumps all of this like heavy stuff on me because I left Ohio with them telling me this is great this went really well you're gonna have 100% recovery is how I left Ohio and then I meet this guy like two weeks later also through this whole time with no back brace like I was feeling good I was getting out of bed I was like it was middle of the summer but I would like my Nana would bring me to the mall so we could walk around and at least get movement in like in the air condition was like literally the only reason we'd go to the mall. I've been walking around because I thought it was what was good for me they were like yeah "Yeah, just stay moving stay whatever and two weeks later I meet my doctor who then became my surgeon Uh and he said yeah no all of this is a lie (laughs) you're not doing good Uh, and it hit me like a freight train I was like what do you mean and he goes in to say like you know the way he did the surgery my spine's gonna break down it's not Mm -hmm. actually holding it up he shouldn't have done this the way he did this and he's like I just I need to keep a close eye a close eye on you Mm -hmm. I'm not confident that this is gonna hold up yeah it could break down now it could break down years from now and I'm like and he's like, you even stumble, that hardware is not secure into your vertebrae. Mm-hmm. You are at such high risk for all of the rods, all of the screws to just rip out of my vertebrae. So he didn't secure it, he just drilled into my spine. So this first surgeon, he fused me from T6 to T12. So my segment, like first fracture to T9. So I understand he didn't want to do T10 because I was also fractured at T10. So, but instead of like, because it was T10, T9, T10, he goes and fuses me from T6 all the way to T12, just screws in, rods in, it looked gnarly. And, um, and he also didn't even pull my spine all the way back up to like, I compressed it down. Like I lawn chaired myself. I thought I scorpioned, but looking at the x-rays and imagining like what happened that night, I crushed. So I crushed yeah. my spine inward. Um, yeah, so he didn't lift my spine back all yeah. the way, the first surgeon. So it was another factor. Um, so you get yeah. it fixed up again. Yes. 
but he said, Second surgery. I can't do this right away because the risk, I can't just go in when you're still good and healthy right now. This yeah. is a very high risk surgery. Like it is a very intense yeah. surgery. So a couple weeks go by, you know, he did another check-in, another like some uh, x-rays and he's like, all right, so you're healing well, everything looks good. Let me see you again in like six weeks, maybe, I think was the timeline. And I got x-rays prior to that six week appointment. And at that appointment he says, um, yeah, your hardware's failing. And I remember that day, like I blacked out, like as he was speaking, I didn't like fall, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, he was saying his words, he was speaking. Mm -hmm. And all I heard was that your surgery is failing. Your spine is disintegrating. And I think at that point, all of my senses just went out. I wasn't hearing anything. I just had black, inf I couldn't see anything. Like uh -huh. my vision blacked out, sure. my hearing, apparently he finished his sentence with a positive note, but I didn't hear that anymore. So my body immediately took over with panic because he says, my spine's disintegrating. And I just see like my whole life just in front of me, like, whoa. So that was the first time it like really hit me. And I was like, uh, I can't see anything right now, but lead me to a bathroom. And I had to go to a bathroom wow. and puke. Like it was, uh, it was intense. And then once I got that like rush over with, he didn't realize that I didn't hear him say, so what this means is that I can go in for surgery now and I can fix you because this is the risk factor now that we needed to happen. It yeah, was actually yeah. an extremely good thing that right. it happened when it did because uh -huh. I was, the injury happened in June. Yeah. That news came about by August, I think. So it was the best time for it to happen yeah. because I was only like three months into recovery. Yeah. I could have been years into recovery and then needed to go in for another surgery. Sure. Cause either way, he said in the end, you're going to have to go in for another surgery. Yeah. You can't live with what's in here, but I can't go in yet. Not when you're fresh out high risk right now. So the risk became higher for me to not go in for surgery. Yeah. So yeah. we get it scheduled and he's like, we're going to get you on a bike again. So you got all fixed up. Did you become active at all with uh, other people that were injured in the same type of way after that happened? Not um, so much, but the little bits of things. Like, yeah. I, at least with direct friends, I mean, mm -hmm. Joss is going through her injuries right now. Yeah, it's taking a long time. It's, it's definitely a rough one, and it sucks yeah. to have something done and then figure out after you think you're recovering yeah. that you have to put a whole reset on your recovery. Yeah. But going through my second surgery, doing that reset, at first when I was going through it, it was mm -hmm. hard to see it as, man, I'm three months into my recovery and I have to do a reset on my recovery. Like, it felt like such a burden, but yeah. doing that reset is what I needed to get my life back. Yeah. Without that second surgery, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Right. So, you know, it's yeah. a lot of things yeah. in life is a blessing in disguise. So you just have to, like, pick through it and know... Whatever the outcome ends up being, like, you got through every other day. Yeah. You're going to get through this day, too. Sure. So it's like finding the obstacles and just knowing, like, put a positive out outlook on it and mm -hmm. hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of just empty hope for the best. Mm -hmm. It still changes yeah. a lot. Like, it yeah. does a lot more. It sounds ridiculous right. before you can, like, truly start practicing it, but... Mm -hmm. I went through a plenty of negative feelings like after the fact, like uh -huh. getting back on my bike afterwards is where the true battle came in. Um, I can imagine. I had dreams, like I had nightmares that I wasn't going to be able to finish a race. Yeah. 
it was weird. I had such vivid dreams through my recovery where it was like, I would, this, like I said, I came straight out of yeah. racing, so I wasn't in freestyle the way I am now. So my yeah. dreams were directly towards racing. And I had multiple dreams where there was some crazy fluke reason of why I could never cross the finish line. It was weird. It was a yeah. weird, like, um, message that my brain was like, you're injured and are you ever gonna finish a race again yeah it was weird to like really work through well, that that brings one. up the question right away did you did you ever race again after the injury yeah yeah you did i was full-blown like it was funny so going through everything with like the first surgery second surgery uh -huh. meeting my second surgeon when he first told me like with your current state you're never gonna touch a bike again and i was like right. I'm going to touch a bike again, even yeah. if it just means rolling around and getting mm -hmm. to like still experience these things that this bike has brought me. I don't yeah. care what level I'm riding at. I just mm -hmm. need to still have this in my life because it's been my constant. Sure. BMX is literally the only thing I've ever known for a full, yeah. true constant. So when he said, you know, with your current surgery, you're not riding again. I said, I don't care what level I'm going to ride again. So at that point, I put the goal in my head of like, if I can ride a bike again the way I want to, I'm treating myself to a new uh -huh. bike. Right. When I had that thought, I thought it was going to be a race bike. Yeah. I had it thought out where the whole time I wanted the profile aqua hubs. I wanted yeah, the whole yeah. profile aqua set, uh -huh. but I thought it was going to be on a race bike. And yeah, I like had a little like image in my head of like what parts I wanted on my race bike, this, that, and so on. And through recovery, I spent so much time hanging out at the skate park because uh -huh. Chelsea was living back home at that time. So through my recovery, she would bring me out to the skate park to hang out. Yeah. She would even carry a chair up for me when it was like fresh out of it. And like, I couldn't really do much for myself. Like yeah. we had a little camp chair she kept yeah. in her Jeep and I would just sit at the skate park. It was at Abacoa. I would just sit yeah. there hanging out. I remember one day my friend put a skateboard under my feet. So I'm like sitting there watching everybody and I'm just oh like kicking around the skateboard while I'm sitting in a chair. And I was like, I want a skateboard after this too. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there like enjoying watching people ride freestyle. Mm -hmm. And then I would still go to the track cause my mom was going to the track. So I was like, yeah, I'll jump in the car and go to the track yeah. too and hang out with my friends there. Get to like, you know, yeah, watch the atmosphere there. And it was really like sitting back on the sidelines and seeing uh -huh. the difference between the two. Freestyle took my heart. Mm -hmm. Just during recovery and not being able to even ride yeah. either yeah. or, right. freestyle took my heart because of the background and seeing like, wait a minute, I've always just wanted to ride bikes with my friends. I've never uh -huh. liked the competitive attitude, right. like the, uh, the beef that people get with like mm -hmm. competitive racing and like, I'm just over here trying to have fun. Like if I wasn't I... in a competitive race, I wasn't having fun. Like the Florida sure. series, some of the stuff I experienced was like, winning without competition was so yeah. boring <laughs> like yeah. you know yeah. it's still like there was a lot of girls like fresh into the sport who they were fresh into the sport so that was the one thing the huge difference still even like bmx racing had a lot of women there mm -hmm. in comparison to freestyle but we sure. still don't have like we didn't have enough so you know you show up as a boy you get to begin with your 
back then it was like rookie rookie novice expert now they like yeah. remove the word rookie it's just not allowed in the sport yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i don't know what it is now it's like intermediate, novice, intermediate yeah. yeah so novice used to be top like tier no. but yeah so oh, now right. novice yeah, intermediate novice expert you get to like you get to race sorry, who you're compared with yeah if you show up as a boy you get to race your different people that you're compared with as the level that you work to them. Right. Whereas girls, you know, I've been racing my whole life and a new girl shows up and she immediately has to race me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, where's like, I had to start that. traveling for nationals. So mm -hmm. I did some of the nationals. Yeah. So that's when I started really enjoying racing again mm -hmm. was post, about post injury. You did nationals. I was, I had the goal to do my very first ever grands. I raced from like five years old to 19 and I never sure. once gone to grands. Really? My mom went to Grands when I was like five, so I got to. I was at Grands one time. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. So I'm pretty yeah. sure, like, I was so young. But we didn't do nationals. Yeah, yeah. Florida, like, it had SSA. We had like a huge, wonderful mm. BMX family of like. We had our team. Yeah. We had a really good state series, and it was so much fun. But I We're didn't always, always have the competition. Yeah. Like sometimes it was there, but it like trickled through each year. Sure. Each year was a li little bit different. But I did find I was only having fun when it was like, I yeah. didn't want to be winning. I wanted to be battling with somebody. I wanted the adrenaline and yeah. like, you know, but it was still just, I didn't care about the results. Yeah. I cared about how fun it felt while I was doing it. And so seeing the freestyle world, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like all about what you want to do for fun. Where can you find the fun in it? Why do I want to do it dirt happens. jumps? Because yeah. it looks so much fun to just float yeah. and like, some of this stuff, it's like, I'll look at it and be like, that doesn't really look that fun. I don't really have interest in it. Yeah. Like, to yeah. each their own on, like, certain styles of riding. Like, I yeah. appreciate a lot of different types of it, but I'm sure. like, I appreciate it. I see how much crazy skill it takes to do that, but I yeah. don't even have any interest to, like, right. get to that level, get to that path. I would just love to actually hit proper dirt jumps and float and like yeah. ride bowls and properly air a quarter like i hate that i'm still afraid of quarters i wish i could just like shoot at a quarter the way yeah. i'd shoot like at a box jump type of thing but i'm you know it's still just all a work in it being i'm doing it because it looks fun <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah just that's where i found the appeal and that's where i found like the split between the freestyle world is actually getting to sit back on the sidelines mm -hmm. and just take it all in. So yeah, that's what started my yeah. path to freestyle actually was my injury leading interest into freestyle instead. And I already had a little bit of interest in it. I already thought it was really cool, mm -hmm. but I think also sitting on the sidelines gave me enough of like a friendship at my local park. Uh -huh. Where, like, once I started riding again, it was, like, so encouraging. And I actually, that does remind yeah. me. Yeah. I did do a race. I did another national. I did, I think, like, two other nationals. I did Trumbull because I was in town for my family anyway. There was a national yeah. that ended up at Trumbull. And I did that race. But that one was a total, like, undecided on if I, like, cared to race. It yeah. was just I was there anyway. And, like, I had my bike with me because uh -huh. when I was going up, I brought, like, both my bikes. Sure. And I was like cool I can ride a bike again like I want to do this yeah, and right. this was the summer the summer after I broke my back so it was like one year since the injury but it my surgeon yeah. cleared me to ride way sooner yeah. than I thought I thought I was yeah. gonna be off my bike for a whole year after my second surgery I don't know I did another national at Trumbull I did a national in Georgia uh -huh. and like getting back into it I was like I don't know 
I'm just not feeling Still it anymore. Not, yeah. Like the energy I got from it. Like yeah. I remember there was like a specific back to back where I got to do the yeah. national in Georgia. And then the following weekend I did my first ever Florida series contest where it was just for fun. It was like, I think this might've been one where other girls actually showed up too. So they're like, Hey, if you enter it, show, it like grows the girls class. Yeah. And like they want to give us a girls class, we just right. have to show up. Whatever it was, like they like encouraged me to enter, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, I'll enter it. It was at Oviedo, and I have the back-to-back comparison where it's like I finished a race um, in Georgia. Now, when I did the Trumbull race, it wasn't, it didn't feel that special because I was still like, it was special. That was my first race again. I'm, yeah, I don't know. Like each yeah. each thing like had different meaning to it, but it was. Um, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to put it with, like, a negative connotation behind sure. it, but I remember the exact comparison of where I was, like, freestyle's way cooler, is that yeah. I finished my race, I got uh, motoed at my race in Georgia, and yeah. the way I got there was actually, like, one of the local moms at the track, she was like, yeah, we have room, you can come up with, like, me, my husband, my kids, and, you know, we'll drive you around, and then my best right. friend was in town. So once I got to Georgia, yeah. Oh, okay. So I drove yeah. up with a different family. I didn't drive myself there. I didn't yeah. drive with anyone like I knew. I knew the family, but yeah. Yeah. So this mom, she's just you know track mom pretty much. She was videoing my race, and she was so excited for me at the end of the race because I felt like it was like a yeah. fun race. Yeah. I got motoed, but it was like my first like actual. Uh -huh. Whoa! I feel adrenaline right now. I'm yeah. racing. Um, you know. I didn't know if I'd ever get this feeling back again, so yeah. I feel wonderful right now. Uh -huh. And she comes over, just, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Da -da -da. And I hear somebody in the background. I don't know who it was, and it doesn't even matter, but I hear yeah. somebody, like, I hear the words. I've never seen someone so excited to get motoed. And I'm like, I'm gonna ignore that and enjoy yeah. still my moment right here, but I heard it. Right. And then to immediately the following weekend get back to mm -hmm. the freestyle world, they were so encouraging and like, you know, yeah. I'm just out there on my own That's... for my own run by myself, just riding my bike. And like, you know, I look back at video after, like once I'm out there, like, I feel like I don't hear anything. I'm just, yeah. oh, wherever I'm going. But, you know, looking back at the video of like them announcing, they're like, yeah, this is Sally. She just came back. Like, look at her riding in her back brace. I had a little like turtle shell back brace that I got that was more yeah. of just protecting the surface. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they commented on like my back brace and they're like, man, it's like Matt Hoffman coming out here with all his like oh stuff. And That's you know, funny. they were so encouraging that I was coming yeah. back from a gnarly injury and just mm -hmm. loving the sport again. Yeah. And it's like the people in the race world, not that they, not that that matters, sure. but it was kind of like, come on. It's different don't rain on somebody's parade yeah. you don't know the whole story no. and that's a big factor on everything you never know somebody's yeah. story don't mm -hmm. shit on their excitement just because you don't know yeah. what it took to get to where they're at right. I yeah. felt a lot of negative energy yeah. in the BMX world with racing where mm -hmm. it was very competitive it was very envious it was very if you're better if you're doing good you're the competition now and we can't be friends if you're That's competition. Right, right. It's not always like yeah. that. But there was easily enough factors where I was um, like, freestyle's kind of cool. I like that, you know, we're yeah. just out here having fun. I'm not a contest person. Should try that just... door. Getting hot quite a bit still. Mm -hmm. My, like voice, my voice is the least important voice in this, trust me. <laughs> so we, we wrapped up the, the injury part, the racing part. And why it's kind of kind of wrapping and coming coming full circle. This is why you're into freestyle. This is why you're into <laughs> the camaraderie of, of freestyle, the fun of freestyle. Um, 
which I completely understand. You could still compete. It sounds like you, you, you still enjoy competing no matter what the result is. You're still happy to be in it. Yeah. You know, whether so, you win or lose. Honestly, coming like out of racing and into the freestyle world, I don't care for the contest uh-huh. in the sense of... I enjoy it because it gives you something to like work towards. Sure. And what I love the most about it is you are comparing yourself completely to what you could do at the last stop. Yeah. So it's not about what everyone else is doing. Like you can take the inspiration from what everyone is doing. Yeah. But freestyle is your own riding. So on the contest level, I do think it's cool. I feel the times where I feel inspired to try new things that I normally wouldn't do just because there is a contest in front of me. Yeah. But really it's the Florida series is that they want to give us a girls class. Mm-hmm. as long as we show up so right. for me i'm like well if i'm here i'm a rider i want to show my face yeah and enter yeah. so that anyone on the sidelines sees it's not just a male dominated sport yeah. it is a very male dominated sport sure but nobody is gonna realize hey we're out here too if we don't get out there and like have to show mm-hmm. our face in the uncomfortable setting like the pressure of like being just on the spot yeah. in a contest where I've easily had plenty of thoughts like man I'm not like good enough for that stuff I don't uh-huh. have tricks I'm not doing anything special but getting the outcome after the fact where I see it makes a difference for like every little girl on the sideline realizing uh-huh. there's a you know there's a girl out there doing it like I could be doing this mm-hmm. so that's why I do the Florida series and like uh-huh. why I like the contest is it gives that platform. Yeah, yeah. So and then the Florida series just has amazing energy. Like I love the people behind it, like the FLBMX, yeah. and it just they make it such a good time that it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not We're, that much pressure. <laughs> how long has the Florida freestyle series been going? Roughly. I just do like not a, know. A guess. I don't know. You think more than five years? Yes, absolutely. Because they were right. around like before I got into freestyle. Okay. So I think even like 10 years, because I remember yeah. Chelsea used to try to have me come out to uh-huh. some of the contests. Um, and that's that's enough. Um, yeah. Because since USA uh, BMX freestyle started, so I went to the second one of the, the second season, and that's where I met uh, Bethany Hedrick. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know, I thought there were only events for pros. I thought that them doing that, opening up, or, or starting USA BMX Freestyle for amateurs, mm-hmm. I thought that was, but I didn't think anyone was currently doing it. So like doing a this series. Is, yeah, an amateur series. Mm-hmm. So they may have a pro class if they had enough people, just like open. you're talking about with, with open. Mm-hmm. So it's like a almost like what we call them racing a pro-am type thing yeah okay so you may have experts combined with the the local or yeah. whatever pro is there yeah. brian yeah. fox showing up to all these yeah it's something <laughs> he's the it's, florida mascot <laughs> yeah so so this has been going on so this um yeah so i'm just doing a self-correction for anyone that listens to all the episodes because <laughs> i uh i really thought usa bmx freestyle was really the first ones to bring it back from long, long ago, and they were the only amateur series. But they're they're not. There's still there's 
but Florida may be the only other one. I'm not. I'm I think not there's sure. a North Carolina series. Is there? And now okay. I don't know what the reward is with the USA freestyle. Like, mm-hmm. there's not like big reward at the end. Right. Like, everyone's just doing this for the fun, the experience, yeah. the people yeah. that show up, and that's what freestyle it's is. A, yeah. So it's not about like what the money reward is at the end. I don't think anyone like. No. I don't think anyone would get paid out. You get little mm. prizes. You get yeah. the little. Um, they give little goodie bags of. You know, any sponsors that throw in, you know, sure. t-shirts and fun little things. Yeah. Like, you know, you get a little plaque trophy. It's like, mm-hmm. they still want to give that behind it, but yeah. you're not doing it, like, yeah, for a huge goal at the end. You're doing right. it because you want to do it. Right. It's fun. And it is so a I don't series. Know if the, like I don't know if the USA yeah. is doing something bigger, the USA Freestyle oh. Series. I don't know what I, they have in the end, but they definitely yeah. blow it up like it's, whoa, travel. Well, like, it is. That is so yeah, spread out. It's almost like a national amateur series. It is. As opposed to a state series. But I yeah. didn't even know the state series was even happening in uh, Florida because I just didn't pay attention to they it. They couldn't do it for a long time. It got shut down from COVID. So yeah, this so coming was, back in yeah. December, and like what motivated me to mm-hmm. stick around for, like, stick around in Florida in my van was yeah. that as soon as I got my van and was like, oh, let me get out of Florida. Florida series opened up again. I'm like, yeah, they haven't yeah, been yeah. here since COVID. Like, yeah. let me get back into this. You know what? I so. should have remembered that because after I interviewed your sister, Chelsea, I started paying a little more attention. Probably, probably yeah, it would have been after because I wasn't really aware of uh, her competing. But she yeah, was competing. Yeah, where she started. So, so I saw some videos of her uh, of her riding. I don't know where it was, but uh, in where she was competing so I guess it was happening as far back as 2017 the end of 2017 and then there was the break after that I guess Um, and then the break it must be why I just forgot all about it 2019 I think was the last time they could do it yeah and the only reason I say it is people listening I want them to know that hey the USA BMX Freestyle Amateur Series that is more like a national series is fantastic for people that want to go for that national just like racing that national title you could still do it locally in florida and you think maybe north carolina i think north carolina yeah i think they have one so, so yeah. there's there's other options out there locally so that that's good yeah so, so florida series they will always run it from mm-hmm. like the winter months in florida so yeah this year i think the spot, spots were cut like it was definitely much less organized than prior years just because it was such a shamble of like, hey, we can do the skin, let's get out there and do yeah. it. Um, but definitely, I want to say like November, December, usually uh-huh. like a December to yeah. May is when it gets a little too hot. So like yeah. this year, they're actually wrapping it up in March. So uh-huh. this one was actually a pretty short one. I think there's only four stops, but they started yeah. in December. The last stop is next month in uh-huh. um, Oviedo, March 18th. So yeah. whenever this gets released, maybe it's Whoa. enough window of time for people to know Florida BMX is awesome oh. and March 18th will be a good time in Oviedo so <laughs> fortunately uh, um, the interviews I've done are not really uh, event specific they're not uh, they're not really time you know, always out. if you don't get to make it in time no but wouldn't that be cool though <laughs> yeah. if it did alright so you uh, you almost segued into it yourself I think you were throwing me a bone on this one because uh, you did just mention van life Wait, sorry. I gotta go back to, I have to do it. The post you made about the first uh, street contest that you entered 
and how how much fun you had and how stoked you were <laughs> and did you say stoked yes she said stoked yep did, did I say stoked again yes she said stoked again no yeah but anyway that I have a friend who picked up the word stoked <laughs> it's actually my friend's boyfriend commented yeah. the other day he's like stoked wasn't in my vocabulary before yeah, I yeah. started talking to you right <laughs> say it an annoying amount of times in the day yeah, yeah. oh god that's funny stoked. Uh, hey Crandall has made me love that word he, he just he He's the father he's a of Stokes. Dude so, himself. Yeah, yeah. He's the most stoked. <laughs> anyway, that uh, that post was was really really cool, and uh, it 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 definitely uh, was part of uh, validating my my gut feeling that that I wanted to talk to you on record for the pod, uh, for the podcast because it was just such a positive podcast. And as it turns out this is the way you live anyway so it's it, it's been a treat because you have a lot to give with us i yeah. applaud you for it yeah I, I feel like like my idea of my social media is mm-hmm. i look at my page and i'm like that's all the stuff i'm most stoked on like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that makes me the happiest yeah. it's like what i get to capture along the way in this life that i get to live is uh-huh. you know i don't post often but if i'm really mm-hmm. excited about something i'm gonna try to capture it and makes then putting it-, it out there to the world i'm like I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this. I'm excited about it. Let's just share the excitement. So, but it makes it more meaningful that yeah. you're not posting constantly because each each time you post, I mean, I think there was a, a month before you before that post that I'm talking about, and I think <laughs> I, I mean you don't post a lot, um, but I think that you explained that before we've conversed enough. You're not really paying attention to that. You're not paying attention to social media. You're paying. You're in that moment, as people say. You're. Yeah, it is funny because that, like, that fine line between living in the moment, but mm-hmm. also really appreciating having something to look back on later. Mm-hmm. So it's like to capture it, but also live in the moment at the same time is definitely hard. Like I remember during the jam format contest, so I entered for the girls class, but with Uh the Florida series, the girls class, it is just me. Um, and then these two young girls, Uh Sonny and Eliana. So it's, you know, a six year old, she's almost six. So Uh she's out there, uh, her dad rides. So she's loving it. And the contest series, like the way she's like, showing her excitement for it now that she got to enter like a few of those contests and like get that energy of everyone cheering her on like i Uh see the difference like at the local park when she's so much more excited to work on new things and that's what the contest series is doing yeah is it's giving especially the little kids a platform of something to work towards for me coming straight out of racing the contest series gave me a routine Mm -hmm. it gave me that thing that i know that i get to look forward to doing so Yeah, like leading into the last contest stop at a spot, Skate Park of Tampa, Uh it is a very street park. It is just a lot of ledges, a lot of rails, um, not so much of a standard, Mm -hmm. you know, freestyle park. It's a street style park. You know, I don't know how to go into detail on that part. But so leading up to it, it even encouraged me to work on more things at my local. Like there's. A super wobbly rail that I've just never even bothered to touch before but yeah. I just you know maybe a week leading into the spot mm-hmm. contest I was like yeah, I guess I'm gonna try a rail grind and I was playing yeah. on that and to like learn the balance point on a rail instead of being on a ledge is really cool um, you like actually get to get that feeling of like locking yourself in uh-huh. so showing up to spot I was like cool I got to do that rail like at my last you know at my local the other week so mm-hmm. 
I'll try the rail here. And I didn't even consider like it was a height that I've never even tried before. But being a street format contest made me feel encouraged to try new things that I wasn't trying before. Right. So that's why I really like the contest series. And that's what that spot did for me is mm -hmm. I learned so much new stuff, like so many new things that week is uh -huh. I like, I did my first down ledge. So I got like double pegs and feebles on a down ledge. Mm -hmm. I got a decent rail, you know, I got a decent sized, um, I was never even hopping up like on a ledge. I just recently started running pegs yeah. before I was always just like, I'm more of a flow rider. Sure. Um, I like to just piece stuff like together, find really fun lines where mm -hmm. I'm just like, flowing the whole time and as soon as I have right. to pedal in a line I'm like oh man I totally messed that up I didn't want to have to pedal uh, right, <laughs> so right, right. I'm yeah. like that's my style of riding is really just getting to flow around feel uh -huh. what you're getting into feeling what you're like pumping and like powering yeah. into so like getting into the street style instead I have a lot more bike control than I did before because I was like just having fun with little street yeah. stuff uh, so I learned smiths like I was like cool yeah. it's street format like let me try smiths this weekend and yeah. I was like cool i mean i'm not any like they're not great but right. i got a few of those locked in yeah so yeah that's kind of like what that post was about was like mm -hmm. stoked on yeah it encouraged me to learn a lot of new things and then like the whole living in the moment is i forgot to even ask anybody to get video of like the jam format run uh -huh. is i don't know just doing it and i was like there's plenty yeah. of phones out here somebody's gonna have video right and right. somebody actually did find video and i'm like it was just like a clipping of some of it and I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm way more stoked that I ended up putting together the stuff that I was most excited to have learned mm -hmm. and I like went back the next day. I had to go back anyway. Yeah. Um, something I had left there. <laughs> they, uh, the Florida series, they borrow my hotspot sometimes oh, and I just okay. forgot to get it back at the end of the day. So I had to go back to spot anyway and I'm like, yeah. well, if I'm going back, I want to catch a session. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, if I'm catching a session, how cool would it be if I could do all these things that I was so stoked on learning this weekend? Yeah. So it was everything that I made in that post was actually everything that was completely new to me. Yeah. And I felt solid being able to do it. And like, yeah. I locked it in on the days prior, just having fun. And I was like, I feel stoked that I locked this in. I want to go get a video of all of it. Yeah. So that's all that that was really about. So it's funny that that stuck out to you. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, it absolutely stuck out to me. But a lot of it was also, um, it, it wasn't trick specific, as important and impressive as that part was is uh it was just smiling you were just you're just riding around smiling and i'm like thank god for open open face helmets for that reason otherwise i'm i'm fully a, a full face guy yeah but you wouldn't have been able to actually you probably could still see your smile through a full face because you were just happy you were just you see the cheeks yeah yeah right exactly cheeks are up yeah well but, what's uh, funny about that is like um my friend jeff honcho bmx he actually he uh he commented when FLBMX shared that yeah. same video. I uh, love what he said because he just said, "Always stoked, always smiling." Yeah. And I'm like, I love that. That is my reputation uh -huh. now. <laughs> like, because it is it truly is like it's how I feel in life now. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of just some negative energy around yeah. me for a while, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I don't like where I'm at. I don't mm -hmm. like that. I don't like what I'm doing right now. I love what I'm doing. And I love when people are like, you look so happy. And that is such a huge compliment for me because I'm like, I did this. You were probably I like, had to work for this. Wait a minute. I'm happy <laughs> and I did this. I'm happy because I put yeah, myself yeah. here. And it, yeah. yeah, so it's like a huge compliment just for people to be like, dude, you look so happy lately. I'm like, I love that oh. other people see that. <laughs> because 
it sticks out because a lot of people are in their method of competing it, it sometimes it's a very serious focused look yeah, yeah. it's not like you could still be focused but still be smiling i think it's a little harder you don't see that as often if but, I'm but not you, smiling, it it's off. usually just like I'm working through some other battles type mm -hmm. of thing. And it's like, don't get me wrong, there are plenty yeah. of ruts that I get in where mm -hmm. I have to pick myself back up again. And that's the nature of it. Yeah. You don't just see people so. and think they're happy all the time. If you were but completely like, perfect, Jeez. <laughs> the interview would be over. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it's the appreciation for what you've learned from yeah. what's happened and seeing what's to come is mm -hmm. like... You know, I, I, I'm i happy because I worked to get here. Right. So. Well, thank you once again for <laughs> dropping the second opportunity for me to segue into, into what you're currently doing. It's the van life. So you made that big decision. Another reason I was kind of zoning in on it. And I don't know if you listen to my Christian, Christian Earhart podcast that I recorded the same weekend as... Uh, the USA BMX Freestyle stop in Woodward almost two years ago. But he built out a big F-350 uh, Econoline passenger van. And now he's on the Nitro Circus Tour. Mm -hmm. The sweetest kid you'll ever meet. He's just, he's such a such a good kid. So uh, anyway, he committed to this and his mom actually showed up at the Woodward stop because they believe they're from New York. So she came out to watch him compete one day. And, but he was, he was 18, well, on his own doing it. And that made me really excited to talk about that. I had forgotten to tell you that before of, in my resume of reasons why yeah, I wanted I'll to talk to you about this. totally have to go back and find it because it's not <laughs> ringing a bell. Like I know I've there's, definitely like listened yeah. into a whole bunch of different ones. There's, but. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of reasons I'm, I'm interested in it, but, but you have other things in your story that make the one it just it adds to mm -hmm. the to the layers of interest yeah. uh, that I think people will agree with me on that you have so what brought you to the decision that you were going to do the van life and just it, how how did you pull it off because a lot of people would or would want to know that job wise uh, and then of course you had I'm to, sorry it was kind of course lie. you had to buy <laughs> hey well how, how I pulled it off was a lot of things lining up perfect. But you had to decide that you wanted to do it, first yeah. of all. So what made you decide that you wanted to do it? Because it's not the easiest life, but yeah. it can be the most rewarding life, it sounds like. Yeah. From what I've seen within my own family, Christian, you. Yeah, I feel like that. So I feel like the decision was coming over time unknowingly. Mm-hmm my very first like height of interest in just a different lifestyle my uh my family like i grew up sailing with them uh, my parents lived on a sailboat before having kids really yeah so my parents lived on a sailboat for five years before having kids there's another part to that story i didn't know until i got my van so i'm gonna save yeah. that for like where it leads up it's kind of cool yeah um so, uh, yeah, what led into it? I think my very first, like, spike of interest into all of it and it becoming a lifestyle is seeing my brother do it with a sailboat. Oh, wow. So my brother is seven years older than me, and when he was, I think he was 17, mm -hmm. he bought a beat-up old sailboat, and he completely refurbished it and mm -hmm. did beautiful work to it. And then, you know, that was his life from, like, the second he bought it 
that was his life that's where he was at like he pretty much moved out at 17 because wow. he was constantly working on a sailboat so like mm-hmm. you know wrap up today usually i'm pretty sure he would sleep in the sail- sailboat i we've talked about it recently but i don't mm-hmm. completely remember but he was never home so mm-hmm. um yeah that was his thing and then when i was yeah so i would have been about 10 and then when i was 16 he bought a new sailboat and he bought it in North Carolina, and he wanted help getting it back down to Florida. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I was even the pick. I don't know. I mean, he was like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, this sounds awesome. So my dad actually drove me up on his Harley. So I drove 14 hours. It was it was one of the big Harleys. It was a good, comfy ride. But I rode 14 wow. hours passenger on the back of my dad's motorcycle oh my to North Carolina. He drops me off with my brother. I think he stayed for the night. Mm-hmm. But he drops me off. And then my brother and I spend a couple days exploring the town. And then we set sail. And we just worked our way down. Um, I think one of his friends was with us for the beginning. I don't know why that's such like a... It's such a foggy memory for me now looking back. Mm-hmm. But that was the peak interest. Yeah. That was, he got a new sailboat mm-hmm. and we had conversations that I was going to take in his old sailboat, his 22 footer. He wasn't, he didn't want to get rid of it, mm-hmm. but he wanted to upgrade for something more comfortable to live in. So he had all that work in it that he did himself. Oh right? my God. Yeah. So then he got the new one and that was a whole nother story because he bought himself a whole new project and he mm-hmm. was like, why did I just buy myself a whole oh, new project? I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. So to this day, he has now actually sold the 30 footer that he had bought in North Carolina. That's now gone, but he does still have his original in his backyard. Um, oh, but that's okay. a whole other, you know, that's a different factor. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's where the, that's where the interest started is I helped him get home. The whole self-sufficiency, just, you know, getting to experience own. it and see how many places and like how much beauty mm-hmm. there is in the world to embrace, like being on the water. And I was way heavier into my art back then. So I was just imagining all of these things that could come of it. It's just like really taking it in and like getting to paint all of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what like brought me so much joy back then. And I thought I was going to live in his other sailboat. Um, He was like, yeah, if you like take care of it while I'm working on this other one. I was working in a marina at the time. So I thought that I would be able to live in it on weekends and paddle Mm -hmm. out and paddle back in when I needed to work on the weekends. But then my job relocated me. So I was no longer in the marina location. I was in the Mm -hmm. retail spot, like, you know, dry land. Mm -hmm. So I had this whole dream of like getting to live on a sailboat when I was 16 and it was going to be happening at 16. It was like going to be on weekends. I get to be in a sailboat and work. While you finish high school. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, still like have to live at home on the weekdays. Like it was going to be full time, but it was like such a Mm -hmm. cool opening to life of, whoa, I can do this. And then my job relocated me and I'm like, Uh, (laughs) I can't do this. So I -hmm. forgot about it and I didn't really consider it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't forget about it because (laughs) there's this whole crazy essay that I forgot about up until a couple months ago that I wrote when I was 18 that said, you know, it was a prompted essay in school and they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're looking out your house window. What do you see? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's saying like in your future, what do you see? What do you see out of your home? What Uh is your home in your future? And I was like, I'm looking out my window. What do I see? I mean, I see everything. It's a car. It's a whatever. It's a porthole of a sailboat is like what I wrote in this essay. And I was like, I, I don't know where I want to be, but like, I want to be everywhere. I want to be moving. I want to take it all in. And like, 
back then I was like, I want to go visit every BMX track. And I'm like, Haha, that's funny. That right. changed. I don't care about the tracks, but I care about every other factor of everything I get to experience now mm-hmm. with like the riding motivates where I get to go, the different jams, the different events. I have such a loose plan of where I want to be in the next year ahead of me mm-hmm. because like where everything's happening. Sure. So the yeah. bike motivates all of this because it tells me where I want to go. Yeah. And then I get to experience everything else in the meantime, like the good camping, mountain biking, actually getting to have my mountain bike out of the state. Cause I'm not uh-huh. big on mountain biking, but right. I enjoy it. So it's like, I haven't traveled with my mountain bike mm-hmm. since I was a teenager and I was traveling with my parents with it. Right. So it's really cool to like, get to see that that's the open field in front of me now. So yeah, it started with just having interest in seeing you know what my brother was doing and that was kind of cool that I got to see him for Christmas and we got to like connect on that now as like mm-hmm. 10 years almost 10 years that was nine years ago that that happened wow. that we did that trip together huh. and growing up seven years apart we were never close so at that trip right. at 16 we became closer like uh-huh. we became close and then like you know life happens like sibling mm-hmm. stuff like sure siblings kind of just exist in life and then always just get reconnected again yeah. You don't have to be a constant. So, right. you know, even Chelsea and I, she's all the way in California. We just, we know that we're there for each other at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And like Chelsea and I have a good relationship. We don't talk constantly. I don't right. know everything she does, but right. I see like we both like kind of get to encourage the cool stuff that we're doing within the sport. We're mm-hmm. doing the same sport, but we're doing such different things. And it's yeah. really cool to get to see how many different paths there are. So many different yeah. paths of opportunity in this sport. And that's what encouraged the van life. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like getting to go everywhere and do everything. And you know, it was like a daydream. Mm -hmm. I never knew it was going to become a reality. It was funny because back when I was was 19, I was still fresh out of recovering from my back. I Mm -hmm. do think my back put a whole pause on everything because I think that was extremely traumatic. So going through all of that, I was on, let me get back on my feet. Let me figure out Mm -hmm. what I'm doing again. It just took such like a wedge into my life where it was like I had an idea of where I was going and then I broke my back and Mm -hmm. then it was just recovery mode and then once I came back from recovery mode like my life put me on a different path Uh and it wasn't a bad one but it was like cool like I'm freestyle I'm still traveling around and I'm like Uh I don't know like as I got further out of recovery and like something just reminded me of just getting to travel and like do my own thing and Mm -hmm. solo traveling is way easier because traveling with groups is not easy (laughs) it's you know it's like coordinating and i'm Mm -hmm. good at like i'm too good at compromise and i think that was the issue is like i wasn't Mm -hmm. putting it out there of what i actually wanted and now in my van it's like what i want is what i want and if Mm -hmm. i'm somewhere and i'm like not really feeling it Mm -hmm. i'm my own human I get to pick up and go so that's like I don't know so many different factors it was just a daydream that turned into reality a few years later that you really it's rooted in within your family yeah so yeah rooted in the family is then where the sailboat thing comes back into Mm -hmm. is I made this decision because I've been in a weird rent situation because of how bad rent is in South Florida my last Uh landlord raised the rates like crazy Mm -hmm. and there was nothing that like that I could find that was justifiable I was like I don't want to be here and then I was renting my family's place for a while my Nana has a condo in South Florida and she's Mm -hmm. been in Connecticut so it was an empty condo and I've 
been there and it's you know I feel like I'm taking away the family vacation home and they never made me feel like that they're like you're welcome like they were you know they're very good and Mm -hmm. but I'm still like I don't want to overstay my welcome yeah so I was working on getting out and as I was working on getting out I was like where do I want to live because I definitely don't want to live in South Florida so where Mm -hmm. do I want to put my roots down next so a big thing was that in October I loaded up my car and made arrangements with a few friends and I had a few jams motivating it and I spent three weeks like couch hopping just road tripping up the east coast yeah and I said to myself at the beginning of the trip was I don't know where I want to live but I'm gonna like let this hone in Uh what I really enjoyed the most because you know even prior to that like uh, I was up in Richmond for the Richmond Rumble in Mm -hmm. June and I was like this is such a cool area. I could totally live here. Uh And then I was in another place and I'm like, this is such a cool area. And you know, there's so many places to experience. And so that road trip, I was set out and I was like, I'm couch hopping with friends. So I'm also getting to experience places where I like have friends in the area too. So I'm like, where do I want to live? It's like where I set out and was just like, I want to go up for these jams. I got to hit like the Halloween jams, Caddy and Posh. So I spent actually like, I think like two weeks up in that area. Mm Cause then afterwards I was going to, head back home one of my friends is like so like are you gonna come over to the woodward usa stop and Uh i'm like well i might as well stick around another week so i stayed and you know i just got to experience like different parts of pennsylvania i got to Mm -hmm. experience some like north carolina you know stuff along the way and the whole trip it was about halfway through i was like i want to live everywhere yeah (laughs) so here i am like not in a lease wondering like where do I want to sign a lease next and I had the van idea already in my head but what I thought I was going to do is probably Mm -hmm. rent for a year yeah and build out a van when I was renting somewhere but I didn't even have anywhere that I like wanted to be so then I was more of like what if I could speed this up yeah so I started looking into a few like different van pages while I was on that trip and I stumbled across this van while I was on that trip. So literally Uh as soon as I made the decision Uh that I was definitely going to be moving into a van immediately Mm -hmm. and not renting somewhere and trying to figure out how to build one, I don't have like the mechanical skills, you know, the equipment, the knowledge behind anything of building a van. Like it maybe could have been a cool project to figure it out, but I wasn't in a place in my life that I wanted to take in a project sure I needed to just get out and go right. so I had an idea in my head of what layout that I wanted in my van mm-hmm. and I was like maybe I'll find one maybe I will have to go back to my original plan and like mm-hmm. actually build one out we'll see like I don't have the skills but I'm surrounded by a great community of friends who have the skills that can point me in the right direction help uh-huh. me with the knowledge and uh, yeah, led to this. I ended yeah. up finding this van, and as soon as I laid eyes on it, uh-huh. you know, I looked at all the photos of the interior, and I'm like, "That's that looks pretty solid. I yeah. like this van." And it's like, it's a realistic number. The market right now is insane. Oh my god! So yeah. finding this van, I'm like, "Whoa, hang on, yeah. what's the catch?" So uh, yeah, I scope it out a little bit, mm-hmm. and it is the only people that I messaged. Yeah. You know, it was on a van page. It was Van Life Trader. And uh-huh. there was, like, um, a fill-in for the contact. Like, do you want to be contacted? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I've done so many of these for, like, apartment complexes that I was right. looking at. And sometimes right. I never even get contacted. So, yeah. you know, for shits and giggles right now, I'll put in my information. I'll see. 
And I actually heard back immediately, and I'm like, oh, wow. shit, this is real. Yeah, right. <laughs> is where right. it hit. It was like, I'll message these people for shits and giggles. And then they got back to me, and I saw my email, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, what did I just do? <laughs> so I sat on it for a few days to make sure that I wasn't acting on yeah, impulse. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, because I had an issue. Good. Like, I do have an issue with acting on impulse, which is, yeah. like, why I ended up with my car back. That was part of my story, too. Like, back when I bought my car at 19, mm-hmm. I bought a car because I was like, I want to travel. I want something reliable, this and that. And it was a six-year financing. And I'm like, you know, I'm building my credit score. I'm doing good stuff mm-hmm. as, like, an early adult. I buy my car, and I'm, like, driving away. And I'm like, why did I just forget that I wanted to buy a van? <laughs> Like, I was still in recovery from my injury, so it was, like, literally immediately after I bought my car, Uh I had regret because I forgot that I actually had that idea of wanting to buy a van. Because back when I was, like, you know, like I said, I wrote an essay that I looked back on, and it said about Mm -hmm. traveling in a car or, like, looking out a porthole of a sailboat. I did not even, like, put any hint towards a van. I didn't know what van life was back then. Mm -hmm. But now it's become such an active thing, so... It wasn't I guess, as much of a thing back then. Yeah, it's that's the bigger thing to it, especially in the BMX world. It's such it feels like an easy decision mm-hmm. in this world because so many other people are doing it. Like, yeah. cool, I I'm yeah. not the uh, guinea pig here, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of right. you know open arms of yeah, you need a place to like just park. Like, you don't even have to worry about like socializing. Like, just like you know, park in my place, whatever. You know, which is kind of BMX uh, world yeah. is very like family based very is what it feels like and yeah. what's always what's always been my image of the bmx world because i grew up with it is like the people you connect with like some of them they truly become family to you mm-hmm. and yeah so, life lined up and everything led to the next my boss made a comment to my co-worker uh-huh. he was encouraging him to try out van life and i was like wait a minute yeah. and i actually checked in with him separately i'm like so are you like actually encouraging van life because all at the time i was already yeah. like i was still working for him the whole time that i mm-hmm. did the you know the three-week road trip i'm still working i just find a spot to sit and work all day so I, yeah and everyone's gonna want to know well they're all gonna want your job basically <laughs> yeah but everyone wants to know like how do you find a job that you can work remotely i i um, so many people do but i don't know how people do it that goes back to my injury. Um, yeah. What I would recommend if like people in the world just want to know is like you see an opportunity and you like the idea of it, you pick the tiniest little piece of it and you run with it. You do what you can. Like you mm-hmm. make what you can of it. So my remote work started because of my injury. So that's uh-huh. again how my injury leads to the life I have now. Yeah. Is that when I broke my back, I was already working for this company and it was uh-huh. a very physical, like very physically demanding. And yeah. you know running around all day this and that you know i was right working in a marina so yeah i break my back and my job reaches out and they're like hey like are you okay man so sorry to hear this like right and at first they first checked in like making sure i was okay because i was actually i was supposed to be off for six weeks working at ohio dreams so i didn't even tell them right away because i was like i need to know what my condition is before i even contact my job you know i'm away for six weeks anyway i don't need to contact them right away a friend of mine originally got me that job everything in my life i feel like is just word of mouth and reputation so you know my friend um she got me the job back when I was 19. Yeah, I so, okay, so I started this job the same year that I broke my back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she reaches out to me and she's just like, hey, you want this job? And I'm like, that sounds awesome. So then when I'm away on this trip and I get hurt, 
you know, she actually, she was like the manager. She made the schedule. And my boss was like, Hey, so any chance, like, do you know when Allie's getting back? And she's a friend of mine on my Facebook and she didn't reach out yet at that point. Cause there's so much craziness. I think mm-hmm. sometimes people know like, Oh, let the craziness simmer yeah. down. Yeah. But like, she told me this after the fact it was like, yeah, they, uh, they checked in. And then I was like, I don't know. You may want to, I, I think she got hurt. They want to check in with her. So my boss calls me and he's like, Hey, I heard what happened. Like, are you okay? This was like the old co-owner of the company. Who's like no longer even oh, there, okay. but yeah. he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, I was going to call you guys. I just don't know what my schedule is going to be. He's like, I don't care about any of that. Are you okay? Yeah. It was that type of job. It was like very family oriented the way that he reached out to me. And then about two weeks later, he was like, Hey, I hope you're doing okay. No pressure, no rush. But we had the idea because, you know, so-and-so needs an assistant anyway. She's been needing one for a while. Uh And you know, our system, you know, the insides of our operations. Do you want to work from home? I'm like, Dude, I was in the hospital bed already stressing about when I was going to work again. Because, yes, luckily I was living at home with my parents, but I was still building everything, like, under me. And I was like, how am I going to not have a job? Like, I've never... Like, I've been working since I was 16 and, like, yeah. uh, technically 15. Like, no one really wanted to hire a 14, 15-year-old, but I was walking around my neighborhood at 14 looking for a job. Yeah. So, yeah. it was, like, to see in front of me that because of my injury, I also had no idea how I was going to work because I had such a physical job. I was, like, am I going to be, like, a hostess at a restaurant? Because right. I feel like, you know, I was, like, fresh out of high school, like, didn't have, like, the skills to think of what like a career-based job was going to be and i get a remote opportunity so i was part-time working remote and then i grew with it um that person she ended up leaving the company someone else got hired she didn't Uh work out so once like that second person came along and didn't work out and i was still the assistant like underneath like i said to my boss i said hey like i'm back on the docks now like this was like I got back on the docks working and I was working like part-time the physical job, part-time the at-home job and I enjoyed it. I did really love my job on the docks, but it was so physically demanding that at the end of the day, like after my injury, Mm -hmm. I couldn't work that job anymore and still go do stuff afterwards. I had to sit in bed. Like after work, I was, I was done. I was in a lot of pain. So that's where I had to talk with my old boss and I said, Hey, can I take a step up? Yeah. Like, can I take on this opportunity instead? Uh-huh. So I took on a bigger role. I became yeah. full-time inside at like a higher, um, just a higher opportunity because I spoke up and I was like, Hey, I kind of want to take this on if you're willing to give me a chance. Uh-huh. And from there, I like, I feel like I absorbed like a lot of different positions, like things wouldn't work out with other people. And like, they definitely overwhelmed me with stuff, but right. I became the person that took on a lot of tasks. Mm-hmm. I became the person to go to. Once you become more and more valuable like that, yeah. they'll, I'm sure they'll do whatever they can to make to accommodate. Ooh, well. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. the craziest thing no is we could actually, <laughs> you're not there. I quit that job. Well, wait. So wait, that leads right. into the story now of having well, a much cooler boss. <laughs> well, that's all good. The amazing part about this is that I never would have thought a really difficult situation breaking your back would lead to you being able to work from home knowing that that's possible in the type of job you had and now you're out there so I don't, I don't know where this is, is I don't know where this could back, possibly back to the reputation. link but yeah so but it's pre- it's pretty wild that the broken back brought you to the, exactly. the point of finding a way you realizing that I can't believe I can do the, they'll mm-hmm. let me do this mm-hmm. 
this may fit my plan of that I dreamed about yeah, a so while ago. Even so back go. then, it like didn't even cross yeah. my mind. So uh-huh. I took on like I was with that company from like start to finish. It wasn't mm-hmm. fully remote, but like. Yeah start to finish I was there for six years and uh-huh. for most of it I was remote like after the five-year mark yeah on like the past four years I was yeah. definitely like pretty much a hundred percent remote just had to go in for random little knickknacks mm-hmm. and um but it wasn't I was like one of the only people remote and mine yeah. was more of just yeah yeah it's a weird weird situation and yeah. uh things were not always great there and then that led to like another opportunity of just uh-huh. word of mouth and what I was getting at of like why you take what you can get and you run with it Uh is that I started as the like bottom man of the totem pole Uh and they gave me like a little bit of little bit of opportunity and I'm like I'm gonna do my best out of this sure I grew my resume like crazy because I was like they're like hey can you take on this task I'm like it's gonna grow my resume so I got more into like you know, I don't even have like a schooling in my, ba- my background. Like I dabbled, yeah. like I put my foot in the door for college. I'm like, this isn't for me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I'm full-time computer-based, knowledge-based work. And I just learned it over time. Like my stuff is experience, not the formal education sure so you know there's different like certifications even now that like my boss is going to be willing to put me through and stuff but that's oh, like okay. you know that's like minimal stuff that's um well, well it doesn't that, even lead to that yet but oh okay well it, that that must mean that uh you don't work in the same field i would imagine a similar but different yeah. um so it's like similar enough that that's what brought me the opportunity but I work work for a billing services company Mm -hmm. and our primary client is the boat club (laughs) that I used to work for. Oh, I see. So it's related to boating. Yeah. So we, um, we handle anything that's like a subscription based billing. So I I just sit on a computer all day and process a lot of details and Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. It's like, it's mentally demanding. So it keeps my brain like running and like solving problems and Mm -hmm. like sorting something out and you know feeling satisfied when I finish a task so it's like I still get all of that satisfaction from my work like I feel really good about the work I do like I feel like I'm I'm confident I'm good at my job Mm -hmm. so I get that satisfaction but my job funds the fun and I even I got to talk to my boss about this recently too I'm like I am passionate and dedicated to the work I do because of the lifestyle that it gives me so Right, right I won't go and like ramble all day about my job. I'm like, my job's cool. Yeah. But it's not exciting. Yeah. All everything it lets me do is what's exciting. So yeah, yeah. I mean with everything I do, I just find a spot to sit and work Eastern time, uh-huh. nine to five, Monday through Friday. Right. So, you know, life just gave me the opportunity where it's like you, you take mm-hmm. in the little bits and yeah. you do what you can make what you mm-hmm. can of it. Sure. So, you know, maybe if I didn't, it's a lot of luck, but it's also the hard work you put behind it. So it's yeah, like, right. I got lucky, so I put in the extra work to make sure that I could lead it to a path of making it something. Right. So that's kind of how I feel like this came about. That's pretty cool. That's exactly what I was hoping to learn about it. Exactly. So, that's... I mean, just any remote opportunity. I've also heard from another friend that she needed to find a remote job, like when she was having a baby and what she even said was that because during covid Mm -hmm. she had to work remote for her company for a little bit having remote 
details on your resume if you've ever had the opportunity to work remote if another job that's hiring you sees that you've already had remote experience that you've already done your unsupervised work that you know you're not just sitting at home playing video games all day instead of like you know you clock in and you go no it's like somebody else I don't know. Whatever it leads yeah. to is if you want remote work, if you have any ounce of remote experience, I have heard a rumor that it looks good uh-huh. to have remote experience on your resume yeah. if you're looking for your next remote opportunity. Because so even if it's a, if it's a so, small gig, yeah. even if it's a small detail that you've like didn't even consider but it was yeah. remote, I was even talking to Joss about that. I was like, yeah. put remote, like, you know, yeah. however you need to word it, word it in a professional manner, yeah. Yeah. but make it clear that you were working from home yeah. because it looks good to know that they are not the first person taking a chance on you. Mm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, so, and, and basically <laughs> there, you're giving that little wink and nod about, uh, put it on, have it on your resume because there must be so many people that have not worked remote before that are looking for these kind of jobs, right? I would say uh, like so. with, I think social media being like putting it out there and like, how everyone is actually traveling now and I think COVID opened up a ton of it too because that's what brought in a lot of remote opportunity for other people it brought so much uncomfortable conversation where people like never before would ever be like so are you working from home are you in your living room right now you know it's like I would have clients like so are you working from home? And I'm like, that's such a weird question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little... Like, don't make conversation about my home right now. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't... That's that's a little... Uh, yeah, so during that only happened during, like, peak of COVID. Yeah. That was when it was, like, everyone oh, was working okay. from home. Yeah. The only time I don't like it is if I'm dealing with someone that... Um, someone that put you in speakerphone when they're working at home. That I've I've encountered that quite a few times lately. Uh, People probably have definitely heard my birds in the background. Yeah, Easily. but it's not like you're putting them on speakerphone. I mean, I'm hearing kids. I'm hearing the husband. I'm hearing just yeah. like not very professional. So that again comes down to like another thing about remote work is when I first started working remote and like working yeah. from home was definitely. A challenge was feeling like I could never get away from my work because uh-huh. I worked from home. So if yeah, anyone yeah. is like looking at that, that's another like find your designated workspace. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. you're in your house and it right. feels weird. In yeah. just my opinion, at least. So that's come yeah. like you know I just started traveling with it. So it's like right. prior to that, even just working remote, it's like to get everything that you need out of it and to be able to still escape from your job at the end of the day. Like have your designated workspace. Right. Right. Because then the rest of your time like doesn't feel like a chore still being right. in that same place. Wow, we have talked about pretty much everything on my list. This has been incredibly easy. If only I was getting, uh, if I could find a way to get paid to do this, geez, this would be great. Because I would always search out people like you and just listen. Because I love just listening to these. I feel like these there's are, just a lot to like how everything comes about. and like, Well, it's, yeah, the full circle stuff with you is, is amazing. It's rare. And, like, the reason I want to go into detail on it is, like, because you're giving me the opportunity to mm-hmm. put it out to the world is, like, make what you can of the situation. Because you don't, don't know where it's going to lead. A lot of people don't. They give up on a job too quickly. They, I see it all the time at work. They give up on it. And it's like, but, but you didn't give it a chance. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. And that's, like, why even, like, the injury talk can go so long because, like, there yeah. are so much about it that yeah. was like what's yeah. my life gonna be because yeah. of this right what you get to come of it like looking back like a lot of self-reflection on it is sure. like 
yes, I absolutely had a lot of really extremely hard times with it. But, like, the people around me is what got me through that. So, mm-hmm. it's more of, like, you end up in a hard time. You still just keep your head up, power through. Right. And make what you can of it. And right. Yeah. Like, I let that give me a greater appreciation for life. It gave me a greater appreciation for the people around me. Yeah. And a great appreciation for knowing what other people are going through too yeah. so you know everyone goes through something and what leads you to this path that brought us to this same place for such different reasons yeah. is what's really cool to me yeah well it seems like you have questions for other people just as much uh, as wanting to tell your story i kind of like um, I, I hope i like giving my story gives the comfort of like oh yeah let's just like open the room <laughs> well let's kind of why we're doing this yeah. so you kind of are <laughs> no <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding with the kind of words but yes you you are that's that's why we're that's why we're talking so yeah your word is going your story is going to get out there and it's going to impact somebody trust me I, I, I hear it a lot I'm fortunate enough that a lot of the right people catch the podcasts that make the most sense to them yeah and if it's not that person directly it's someone else that hears it and says this guy needs to hear it. I'm going to send him the link for this podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I could tell you a yeah. bunch of situations where that happened. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, I've had, like, some people reach out about the injury, and I've gotten to give some stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I am definitely very dedicated to, like, spending the time in the gym mm-hmm. and, like, making sure to keep up with my body. Because yeah. if I'm not, then, man, does everything hurt. Yeah. So injury is not just when it happened. It's mm-hmm. constant upkeep. Yeah. So I've even had like conversations with people where I'm able to give them recommendations on what helped me. You know, I am no physical therapist, but if I ever had that, you know, dedication to go through school, I did want to be a physical therapist. Yeah. So I'll just like I'll take in the little bits of information where I can, but sure. I just could not imagine sitting through yeah. school. I'm not yeah. the type. I need to be moving. That was another factor that was like as I tried to like get my foot in the door with college, as soon as I got the clear to live my life again. Mm-hmm. I was like still in like between one of the semesters where I was like, eh, I'm seeing if I like this yeah. or not. And then I was like, I could be going everywhere right now, but instead I have to go to class. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so it's not that's where like remote saved my life. The wor- the fact yeah. that my work, I can be anywhere. I don't know what I would be doing. Right. So. Um, I don't know. How about we, uh, you want to talk a little bit about your setup and then to, to wrap it up? Is that all right? Uh, sure. Do you feel like you've, I think I got to, hype up the florida series a little bit (laughs) they make it worth staying in florida it's like yeah yeah you may miss it when if you uh well actually um so so we'll we'll talk about the vn setup but uh that'll be the end end that'll be our ender okay uh so i i guess uh your next step because the mountains are in your in your future it sounds like for at least part of your journey around the country Mm-hmm. There's a snowboard back here somewhere, <laughs> so I know that's that's happening. So that with um, luck, <laughs> yeah. it, and it may end up being something you really like. You never yeah. know that lifestyle, and you don't have to be in one place. Yeah. But yeah, what, what's in the near future for you? I I say that because you mentioned it a few times that it's more of a loose kind of. Mm-hmm see how things got you so so the mountains may not be the mountains are in there but mountains out west colorado what's your loose plan for say the next six months well i am really glad that when i bought this 
I already told myself it was going to be a loose plan because it continues to get like a little more pushed back than originally thought. So yeah. even the fact that like I thought originally that I would head north after Swamp Fest, but I have certain things still keeping me in South Florida mm-hmm. until like end of March. So yeah, you know, originally I was like, oh yeah, head north, hit these things, do yeah. these things. And really it's just getting to experience different areas and then eventually making my way up like I would love to be in the northeast for the early summer and like spend yeah. some time out like caddy and posh like right. I really love the atmosphere out there the people and mm-hmm. I want to get more into dirt like I want to be more involved in helping out and not just showing up to ride but also being around the scene more and being uh-huh. like in that comfort zone to just show up and hit certain jumps. Like I've right. definitely progressed with my dirt jump riding, but I feel like mm-hmm. getting to be in my van and be anywhere I want. Yeah. That's where, that's yeah. where I'd want to be. So, uh-huh. you know, just floating really is different motivators, um, different events. I don't even have it fully scoped out, but I want to be up, like take my time getting to the Northeast, stop mm-hmm. like in the Carolinas, see some friends along the way and, hit places like the Riveter. Um, oh, yeah. But there's yeah, so yeah. many places like the East Coast I'm very familiar with. So mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to hit this and that and so many things along the way. But yeah. what I started is a Google Maps list uh-huh. is something I've never used before. I used it for a trip back when I flew out to Colorado. I went there in August just because I had a free flight to use. And I was like, that seems like a cool place to go. So yeah. I started a, a trip list where uh-huh. I was like, oh, here's all these cool spots. Like the Fast and Loose crew was just out there. Uh, so I messaged Josh. I'm like, you want to send me like that list? And he sent me a list of so many parks that they went to. And I was so excited to go. But then uh-huh. I got injured before that trip. So like I got to go to Colorado, but I was uh-huh. not in a riding condition. Oh, so I was bummer. so bummed. So I do need to make it back out there during like riding season because mm-hmm. I made it back out when I picked up my van, but it was already winter. Yeah. So yeah, like I really want to get to Colorado, but what that started with was that I started a Google Maps list yeah. and you can label it and you can like pinpoint what you're doing and then you would just have like easy access to stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I actually started was van destinations. So people are just telling me like random little bits about different areas and I'm like, I'm going to key that in real quick because yeah. I'm going to forget. Right. So instead I get to save like the different pinpoints of, you know, if I'm in this general area anyway and I find out, oh yeah, there was that really cool spot that someone told me about. I totally need to check yeah, that yeah. out. So yeah. I have a map that just like pinpoints the general things that would be cool in yeah. an area that I'm going to be in now. So I do want to take a full loop around the country, but I also know that I have certain things on like timelines and deadlines that I want to still stick around for, be around for, you know, events that I want to make it to, or, you know, life happenings. And just to get to float everywhere is just nice. Uh Like I don't have to have a full set plan on where I'm going Mm -hmm. because it's going to be the next thing that pulls me to the next place. And all of the in-between is also going to be great. And it's such a learning opportunity. It's teaching Uh me so much about myself because it's a lot of, you know, some nights I'm like, man, I don't know where I'm parking tonight. That's kind of nerve wracking. it's like, I'm going to figure it out. So it's like, so anxiety starts to come in of like, what am I doing? And Uh I calm down. I'm like, there's no panic. I'm going to figure it out. So yeah, it's like eased my brain. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. in a rush with stuff. I'm just loose, just figuring it out. Right. Going where the wind takes me. (laughs) So 
Yeah, and it's like I have now my mountain bike in here too. Like all uh -huh. of my traveling, all of my traveling has just been with my BMX bike because uh -huh. why would I also lug out sure. a mountain bike? I don't have time right. for that. I don't have the space for that. Yeah. So now it's like just to have my whole life with me anywhere I go. Yeah. And that was a factor of like getting my hands on a snowboard too was I get to experience like every area I want. So I also want to have experience like, hey, if I'm in the snow, this is a lot of fun. Like yeah. when I picked up my van, I got to go snowboarding like a handful of times because my friend yeah. with like local connections and it was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, man, you have like all the local connections. Like, I kind of want to get my hands on a snowboard while I'm here. Oh, and my. that's where that came from. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, I am no good at it, but I really loved it. Oh my God. You're going to love it. it. Felt... Once it. Once it clicks, you're going to love it. It, I, I, I mean, according it. to the people I was with, they said I picked up on it pretty quick, but I definitely have the okay. things that I'm like, I have a long mm -hmm. ways to go, but it feels amazing. Like, it feels like one yeah. of those things where it's like such an adrenaline rush, but also you have to be so calm and confident yeah. in your own movements because you mm -hmm. do too quick of a movement, you're just spinning out and falling all over the place. So it's like, Catching an it's edge such a different flip, feeling flip. than what BMX is. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, it was fun to like dabble okay. in that. I was like, I want more of this. So that's yeah. why that's in here mountain bikes in here so as long as i'm like anywhere i have something to have fun with i highly encourage it it's such a nice way to break things up because i mean you can't i can't i'm, I'm bmx 12 months out of the year i just can't yeah you get it's, burnt out yeah yeah it's so, so funny because I, I was getting burnt out on my local back mm -hmm. when i was just you know there and in routine and i feel like i'll probably always call it my local yeah, yeah. <laughs> even being like out and about and people are like where right. are you from i'm like well there but here right. anywhere um they're like where are you going i'm like yeah. i don't know but um yeah i was like on such routine with my local that i totally got burnt mm -hmm. out on it and yeah. now i'm like man i'm totally looking forward to getting to ride there yeah. again well i would imagine one other big thing that you're going to do when you travel around is you're probably if you're into hiking you're gonna hike a lot oh, yeah. because there's so many great places to hike to get so much more into hiking yeah. just oh, man yeah everywhere there's just there's a, a a million great places to hike definitely part of the interest as well when i want to slow down the adrenaline yeah then it's great uh, yeah. it's because yeah. that's the shortest part Where of your story is anywhere and everywhere right 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 <laughs> it's the, the that was the easiest topic to cover um yeah it is honestly it'll occur to me sometimes that i'll start to feel stressed out of like where am I going? Yeah, Wait, yeah. honestly, I'm yeah. kind of relieved that I don't know what yeah. I'm doing this week ahead of me for yeah. like at least the weekdays. So I'm sure. like, where am I going? I'm like, Ooh, I kind of want to go over here. I want to do this yeah. instead. Like yeah. it's nice to sit and think for a second of like, what am I doing? Right. I get to do anything. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely, yeah, I couldn't imagine like now that I am doing this, mm -hmm. I don't know when I'll decide to settle down. Yeah. But really the goal of this is to experience enough places that one day I'll be very confident in my decision of where I decide to live. Yeah. Because like by the time I'm done with this, I would like to preferably be buying a house, not renting. Like yeah. renting yeah. sucks. Landlords suck. Yes. Roommates are very hard to deal with. <laughs> yep. So it is cool. Like now that we're all moved out, like I've actually had like, you know, good like friendship interaction and like good stuff with like my roommates recently. Like yeah. we had a little like roomy reunion. I'm like, this is nice. We don't live with each other anymore. Yeah, right, right. And we're all friends still, <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah, so I would like to definitely, like, have this be what leads me to where I'm... Like, it is obviously going to be what sure. leads me to where I'm going next. But I don't know where, where my end goal is going to be. Yeah. But... It's too soon. Yeah. It's too soon for that. Much to experience to already know that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy that it sounds like you're you're going to... Maybe not 
this year, but uh, make it around the country because the just, Northwest looks like a different country. It's so beautiful yes. out there from just photos oh, and that, videos I've seen. I've never been, so I'm really excited to hit the Northwest. Yeah, I'm nervous because, like I said, like I've always done all my East Coast traveling, so mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with that. But then it's funny because right. you go out west, and that's where all the actual like free yeah. land is, and right. I yeah. think, from what I've heard, like van life out there, I think is a lot easier than what it is here. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I'm nervous to get out there, but at the same time, I think it, once I get there, it's just, you oh, know, life you'll be, you. you'll be fine. <laughs> My son made it uh, two months, and basically between Santa Cruz and uh, and Los Angeles, just along the coast, yeah. and just surfed, 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 and then to snow. So it's funny. Um, I never picked up surfing. No, that could happen too. You never know. Yeah. You never know. That's how many more toys one. can I fit in here? Uh, yeah. Well, surfboard can always hang it. You can. You can always mount it. Yep. To the ceiling. That would, that would give a nice look in here. It would. Yeah. Obviously, it would. close by. That's what I'm saying. Is I grew up on the water, but I didn't grow right. up surfing. Yeah. Because you were Gulf side. Uh, Atlantic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but we were blocked by the Bahamas, so like our uh, okay. coast. People surf near me, but like I've always heard growing up, like yeah. the good surf is up by like Cocoa area, and yeah. people would always like talk down on like this area like for surfing. Like Smyrna and, and that area too is what I've heard is really good. So down yeah. in like you yeah. know the South Florida, like West Palm areas, mm -hmm. where people definitely yeah. surf, but it was like not encouraged. It wasn't yeah. even I don't know. Like I I tried it once as a kid, yeah. but I just well, Cocoa's BMX was so easy to stick with because it's what my family was doing. Yeah. So that's also where it was like. Oh, I'm already doing these things anyway, and it just, yeah. you know, you kind of, you do do what you yeah. do. You right. go around and you do what your family does yeah. out of the convenience, sure. I think. It's yeah. like, really, like, what builds a person is, like, what you're doing at a young age. Mm -hmm. And right. you either grow with it or you don't like it, so you do something else mm -hmm. as you get older. But for me, like, I got to get opened up to the BMX world at such mm -hmm. a young age, and I've always loved it. So I was like, yeah. I don't have any reason to dabble in the other things yeah, like big right, time right but now that i get to do everything i'm like i want to have everything with me for when i do get to yeah. go and do these things yeah. well you've got it pretty well covered and then when i want to sit and relax I, think are... I got a stack of books and i i normally have my art supplies in here the what size van is this it's a it's a ram it's a dodge ram yeah, so it's and a 136 136 wheelbase oh, okay. so it's one of the smaller ones it's a high roof so it's one of the smaller ones Wow. Well, for the high roof series, I, I truthfully, I do yeah. not know. Because what happened is, as soon as I began yeah. looking into the van yeah. stuff, right. I was looking at different options. Mm -hmm. But then when I stumbled across this exact build, yeah. so I bought this used right. from someone who had it converted right. for themselves. Like, right. they had it professionally converted. Uh -huh. And, you know, I come across it on this page. And once I saw that this matched everything to what I saw as being my dream build, right. I didn't go researching the difference of all the other vans. Yeah, Instead, right. I just made sure that this was a reliable option. Sure. So I looked into like the pros and cons of this exact size. I don't mm -hmm. know what the other sizes are because I found this before yeah. I even dabbled that far into researching yeah. the other factors. So it was in a realistic price range. It was in a good location because... Mm -hmm. It was so perfectly lined up 
for me even being able to get my hands on this van. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. I felt like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can't tell you that I know the comparison of other vans, oh, other I'm, options. I, yeah, because I'm, I just made sure that once I found this one, I made sure yeah. that this one was a good choice for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely happy with it. Yeah. So, like, dream come true. I made a few changes to it. You know, my friend helped me cut this hole. Um, uh-huh. He made the cabinet for me and, nice. you know, get the access. And, you know, I had my sure. little modifications I needed to make to make yeah. it comfortable. These people didn't live in it. They had it as, like, a weekend vacation thing. Oh, I guess. Um, okay. Like, they were skiers, so it's nice. I already have heat installed. <laughs> so Yeah, that's a big deal. Being a Colorado a van deal. having heat, like, it was definitely it's nice because now it's something that i probably wouldn't have considered Mm -hmm. but it's just already here and then to have my animals with me i did get ac installed so it only had a fan and then i did install or i had an ac unit installed so it runs off additional yeah yeah it's 12 volt so yeah like i don't have a generator or anything i just run off my battery bank yeah yeah solar battery bank and yeah so my solar charges down to my lithium batteries yeah when I drive, I get charge, so yeah. it won't take from my battery up front, mm-hmm. but it will. Like once that one's good, it'll charge up back here. Gotcha. I understand. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the length question was just. Uh, I give was surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, to give a visual, yeah, to try to try to um, try to paint the picture of what it is, but uh, it feels bigger than this. I don't know. Seems like plenty of room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very um, good, comfortable layout. I couldn't imagine like having a second person like it's great for me i'm a small person Mm -hmm. and i've you know people standing here they're like oh my god the roof is so short and i'm like yeah you're right right no it's not (laughs) i'm perfect size for this van yeah i don't even know yeah so i think uh you know it was funny some of the reviews on it was even driving as a in the driver's seat it apparently sits higher and like tall people had complaints on the driving and i'm like oh Oh, really this is wonderful for me yeah (laughs) yeah it's one of those things to each their own that's it it's at least six foot i'm only 5'11 so it's that's an easy six foot so it's tons of headroom that's awesome yeah it's full living space everything i need and then yeah Gyms for showers. Yeah, right, right. Gyms and Just friends' houses. Yeah, so oh, shower yeah. routine is the only thing that feels like oh man that's the only life factor that feels like it actually changed right now is mm-hmm. I just had to change up when I shower is like I still have every opportunity to shower when I need to shower uh-huh. however I have to take that time in the day where I'm like oh I'm given the opportunity now I don't get to just yeah, like do yeah. my preference of like I'm getting ready for bed yeah. I'm gonna take a shower yeah. it's like no, you need to yeah. shower when you have the opportunity to shower. Yeah. It's like the only one that it's like, that's the only thing I don't have yeah. in here. It's with showers are the longer wheelbase. Like yeah. I fit in every standard parking space. Like it is complete convenience mm-hmm. for me anywhere I go for it being like, it is a big van, but it's small enough to mm-hmm. still be convenient. Yeah. So I personally think it's the perfect size. Like it's perfect yeah. for me, if nothing else, and that's all. That's all that matters. Yeah. So as long as each person, like, right. they know what they need. Like I knew what I needed going into this, and yeah. doing my little trips and dabbling into the idea of it. And you know, I grew up. My parents would always like. I've never not had a camper around uh-huh. until I became an adult, and I'm like, huh kind of inconvenient yeah. always having to have a hotel and always having to like yeah. commute back and get back to the hotel at the end sure. of the day like yeah. my um my parents like first started with like a truck bed camper and then because oh, i'm the yeah. third yeah. like having five of us in right. just a truck camper was very yeah. crammed so yeah they've 
they just always had a camper. So uh -huh. that's what I started. Like, that's what my roots were was, yeah. oh, I love this, like, right. idea of just, like, being out and, like, right. camping out and, you know. So everyone has different reasons for doing it, but I kind of just uh -huh. took it in as this is going to be cool. It's How many months into it are you now? I forget. So I just officially got full time in the van this month is that when I bought it, mm -hmm. I bought it back in November yeah. and uh, I looked at it even just from like the photos, the video mm -hmm. walkthrough with the owners and right. like I had a friend actually, he was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go check like the mechanical side of it and yeah. just like made it such an easy thing for me to just get out there and like I already I actually bought it before going there because I uh -huh. needed to get it registered yeah, before yeah. flying out there because I wanted to take a month to get home yeah so backstory to that is that like Colorado only offers a four-day temp tag so I was like how do I find the loophole I worked with the owners and uh yeah. we got they shipped me like they sent me the title I sent them the money and I got it registered and I booked a flight to fly out there so it was crazy like I bought this before even seeing it yeah. but you know I was yeah it's in Red Street in Florida yeah yeah <laughs> so it does feel really crazy like I yeah. sold my stuff and I bought yeah I bought my plane ticket yeah and um I wouldn't have been able to do it like without my friend that was able to actually go there and see it because I'm yeah. not going to just trust the owners sure. that everything on the mechanical side sure. of it was good yeah. so yeah. it ending up in a location where I had someone that I was like close with and could trust and like was just mm -hmm. willing to do that for me yeah that was a huge factor to what made this so easy it's like sure i could have booked a flight and yeah. then decided after i got there that right. yes i was buying it but what if i ended up not wanting to buy it uh, what if i got yeah. there and found out some huge issue with the van yeah so i didn't even have to deal with that yeah so it was like as easy as could be and yeah. i don't know like there's been this, the not having charge for my solar panels is the first real challenge, but wow, what I started with is you asked the timeline <laughs> when I bought it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I knew I had chores to get done before I could be full time in it. So that was sure. getting the AC installed. That's that was getting this door installed. Yeah. Yeah. So when I bought it back in November, I told myself, I said, I have a goal to be on the road by February 1st. Uh -huh. So that's what I did yeah. is I just got on the road this month yeah. and, uh, right into it before even getting out of the state i figure out i'm not getting charged for my solar so yeah. i am sorting out that problem and then the rest of there just follows yeah i just i'm still floating for like the different events the different things i want to make it to like it hasn't made me miss out on anything right, right. so the only thing that's different is like i don't have my animals cuddling with me right now <laughs> so two parakeets what's the wait so it will be a bird and the and a cat in here with me i have two birds and a cat but uh -huh. my bigger parrot, I took him on the, the test run, and it's funny because I already had arrangements that, like, my mom was going to take care of him, and I just saw that, like, all right, here's the reasons of why he wouldn't work out in the van, so let me already make arrangements to not bring him with me. A cat me. with two birds just cracks me up. It's, like, it's, uh, it's a funny dynamic. They're yeah. fun. They're good. They, they're, uh, my they, cat is, like, she was brought into the picture afterwards, so yeah. she my bigger bird he hates the cat actually yeah. he attacks her yeah she doesn't mess with my little bird the one that's like small defenseless and weak yeah. right. she doesn't mess with her and right. the one that is like big and defensive yeah. like 
they kind of like they started out as if they were playing yeah. but then she would instigate it way too far and he wanted nothing to do with it so he started attacking her instead oh it's really gosh. aggressive so in this small wow. space that was another yeah. factor that came in is that he hates her so much like yeah. the bird hates the cat so much there was yeah. one night the bird got the cat cornered and was like about to attack her and I'm like oh my <laughs> it was yeah that's why i'm not going into detail on it and that's why i'm saying instead of yeah. saying by name i'm making it clear the bird was attacking the cat it was <laughs> it was stressful because it is a very small space yeah. for an animal to be around another animal when they literally hate each other <laughs> but that, it's like the cat doesn't yeah. hate the bird the right. bird hates the cat <laughs> so so unfortunately there was a few Gosh. reasons of why he actually he was doing great at first but then he you read birds like uh -huh. the thing with having a bird i am totally crazy bird lady like yeah, that's yeah. one of my things if you get me talking about it you're gonna realize i'm batshit crazy <laughs> but which is a, a bird way. that's a bird so yeah the thing with birds is like you read it's what they're <laughs> what they're feeling and he was showing every sign that he was yeah. not happy in here yeah. so i was like i need to bring you back to my parents house and go back yeah. with my original plan right and right it, I'm glad I tested it out because I'm glad yeah. I at least tried and then it showed me like after I told my mom hey I'm actually I'm gonna take Milo with me she was like oh the cat yeah no so the bird my the bird. like when I originally said I was oh, gonna okay, take yeah, like yeah. she was gonna take Milo the bird oh, and okay. then after I was like I'm actually I'm gonna take him with me she was actually bummed like she was like oh, excited okay. to spend time with the bird because she used to have birds too so yeah that's yeah. another like she has yeah. experience and she yeah. it wasn't like just throwing the bird yeah. on her but you then like getting to actually see her real side of it is like she's actually yeah. excited to take my bird i'm not just like you know leaving my bird yeah. i i that was the big factor is making sure it's like you know my brother wanted to take him too so either way like there are people oh my in gosh. my family that like love my bird so i knew he was going to be in good hands but i also didn't want to do this journey without him until pets. yeah yeah but um yeah so it will be a bird and a cat in here my bird she is gonna be 18 years old this oh my year gosh. i've had her since i was eight years old so that's why she is just she's my companion she's yeah. coming with me and then my cat she just she's curious enough that i know she's yeah she uh, she's so cuddly she's yeah. like so lovey that i'm like yeah. you're gonna be good and happy in here yeah. and right. like so far she's been like so loving like yeah. so cuddly and then like going i put her on a harness and i let her like adventure a little oh, bit outside good. of the van so yeah. You know, right. in my work day, if I have to have this open with my screen up, sure. I put her on a harness because she can get out of the screen. Yeah. And then yeah, she yeah. just hangs out outside all day and oh, she seems good. really happy. So, oh, good. yeah. So they're not just try, not, not with me right now because of the. Yeah. Yeah. The solar. I just, I didn't have guaranteed AC for them. So they had to stay home for this week. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're coming back. Yeah. So that's the only factor where it feels like I'm not like full time in the van is that I left literally my most important. Uh things <laughs> like they're my things. companions they're yeah. they're my little friends i think that's it believe it or not leave the story on me saying uh, my little friends <laughs> well yeah i mean that's you've got yeah. companions but you don't have ones you have to plan around yeah right you know what a perfect mix you're gonna go wherever you want to go they're not gonna argue with you about it right <laughs> you know and they're not gonna get in your in your way really for the most part no they just hang and they out. care about you. Bird has to I, I be with me. She like she needs to be on my shoulder when I'm driving. She will. She is not no happy way. if she's on her cage when oh I'm gosh. driving. You may as well be in a, in a sailboat. Wants, not she needs a, to be uh, with me at all times. <laughs> on a sailboat, I should say. Would, that that I envis 
can envision her <laughs> on your shoulder arm at the wheel of a sailboat. Oh well, gosh. it was funny because like when I did have both yeah. birds in here, they both wanted yeah. to be with me while I'm driving. So yeah. that was the funniest thing for me. And like I do have some cute pictures where it's like both they're just birds? with me when I'm driving. Yeah. What about the cat? Probably the cat on the lap too. Yes, actually. Two so, birds, cat. <laughs> those are safe. the ones where I'm like, man, I literally can't even capture this right now, right. like because I'm driving and I would right, put them right. in danger. But like, I have some of it where it's like, yeah, my cat would be like just on my lap, or she'll be right there, and like I'll have literally both birds on my shoulder. And I'm like, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm like, That's anybody who sees me, yeah. I am literally like traveling alone in a van <laughs> with the craziest animals to have with me like you know people have dogs i'm so yeah. glad i don't have a dog yeah. i love dogs but yeah. i couldn't imagine living in the van with a dog because there's certain places like yeah, needing to take them not, out it's not fair to the dog i don't think you know <sighs> house cat or uh, cats can be house cats they can be a little bit of both like you're doing but dogs whole different story I know it's I wouldn't say it's not fair for the dog like I know the people that like would bring yeah. their dogs they're doing everything to like give them the like running around all day I and agree like doing, with you. doing all these things and like keeping them safe but that would be the thing is like the priority of your van life is literally like keeping your animal good right whereas like for me right. it's like these are such easy animals to take care of yeah. that it's like I work in my van all yeah. week long, so I am with right. them constantly. Like, I'm not leaving uh -huh. them. Like, and then if I go on a weekend trip, that's the same thing as me leaving them in my house for the day. And that's right. why I got the AC. It's like oh, okay. making sure if I'm leaving my van, like, I have a temperature monitor. Like, I could check my temperature in my van from my phone. So that's nice. another thing is like yeah, yeah. learning that those things exist. Yeah. So, so from bringing the animals with me definitely put another obstacle around like what mm -hmm. I have to consider. Sure. while doing this and right. I was like they're coming with me I'm right. going to make this happen right so. perfect well it's a better ending yeah. right <laughs> our first ending yeah the second ending's perfect <laughs> so this was great having you this was a pleasure being welcomed into your van home um, and yeah your story your story is fantastic yeah and, and yeah, there's it, plenty of people behind it like you know anyone in the background the people that know they matter like they bring in big factors to it yeah, so you know sure. the people you meet along the way people you don't even interact with anymore mm -hmm. but like people out there they're good yeah and it good keeps people. a lot of doors open for you yeah whether you're buying a van in colorado or whether you're hurt in ohio yeah you got you got people yeah you yeah it just comes right back down like bmx yeah. gives you family everywhere right so. you already had connecticut so i can't offer you that great <laughs> I live in a different part of Connecticut, so, you know, we, we can all commute to a different part of Connecticut. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for doing this. It was fun, and it was as interesting as I as I knew it would be. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I can ramble and derail any story, so it is going to be all over the place once I, you have to. <laughs> I, I may have met my match, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I rambled, but no. I wouldn't call what you're doing rambling, though, at all. So uh, anyway, I digress what I do. Yeah. So you tell in-depth stories. That's not rambling. There's so much. You give a lot of detail. Like there's so much of like, well, this led into this and, you know, it didn't happen unless this right, needed right. to happen. Like my back needed a break for all yeah, of this to right. happen. Well, all of this came around and I had no idea that was going to happen. So so. It's funny, you know, I guess I didn't ever tell you that part of the story in like our conversations no, prior to this. No, yeah. not at all, not at all. Yeah. It's a good thing you didn't because 
it just made for an awesome surprise. Yeah. So it's great. Thank you. Yeah. I'll uh, shut it down. And hey, I'm still enjoying the Florida weather. I, I don't want to go home. <laughs> Fortunately, I still have a little more time here. All right. Thank you.